fever but i think uh somebody's got a little something going on um hey it's uh <laughs> taylor trash fly fishing um coming to you from uh lovely downtown oak hill florida affectionately known as the taylor park ben jameson mark and i are sitting around the old oak table uh just finished a fine meal and oh, yes. mm-hmm. It's uh, been a little bit since we talked to you guys. We had uh, mm-hmm. the thingy before the dinghy and the dinghy derby, and a lot of other stuff has gone on. Yeah. So, uh, boys, how's everybody doing tonight? It's good to be back. Excellent. Doing good. Stuffed. Definitely stuffed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I overindulged. I would have been fine if I'd have stopped, but I went back for that venison sausage oh. for a second round. Now I'm like, ooh. Oh. To be fair, it was flat out delicious. Yeah, it needed a second. So, to be fair, to be fair, so uh, we'll just jump right right into it. Um, since we had our last episode, we had a visit from uh, our good friend, the Canadian Ted, Texas, yeah. Mister McGreezy, and uh, he was in town on a business as he often travels the world conducting business. Um, one of his stops was here in Orlando. So he came in a day early, I believe. I believe and so. uh, mm. he and I had the opportunity to get out and fish uh, the lagoon. Um, when you're dealing with uh, those situations where buddy pops into town and he's going to be here for a day. A day, you just make do with what you got to do with. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit on the uh, windy uh, side, a little breezy, a little bit breezy. That was right pre hurricane, yeah. It was right, oh, yeah, yeah. It was like as kind of leading <coughs> up to the hurricane, hurricane. Um, so Ted and I snuck out and uh, spent the day on the water, and we uh. Spent most of our time looking for clean water and lee shorelines, hmm. uh, a combination of both of those being the most ideal. Um, and uh, just, a, just a couple of captains with clean water. Uh, that's right. It was uh, it was a struggle, but uh, we ultimately uh, ended up over on the east side. Uh huh. The uh, the east side of the lagoon, and this actually was post hurricane. Ooh, post post, post Ian? Ian, yeah, sure. post Ian for oh, sure. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But it was still, it was still uh, pre a, a breezy time. Pre Nicole, pre Nicole, yeah, for sure. 
And uh, we ended up finding a culvert that was flowing from the impoundment out into the lagoon. Shocker. And uh, was there boards over it to stop the flow? Because yeah, but it was it was so high in the you know inside the impoundment, it was just going over those Whoa. and you know flowing out anyway. Nice. Um, but uh, I, I caught probably a personal best ladyfish nice. on the flizzy yo. Poor man's tarpon. That that's one. right. That's right. But uh, what I found to be very interesting was while we were fishing our little honey hole. Um, secret kept, spot. Secret spot. I kept hearing voices. Not like the dementia that I normally hear. <laughs> right. voices from other voices. Other voices. Push the ones other people can hear, too. Yeah, the voices that even Ted could hear. Um, and we saw a salt marsh. Or an Ancona. Ancona. Okay. Um, 1446. I, I don't know. Models of boats. Um, uh, in the inside, inside the impoundment. Oh. Which. So how did you do that? I uh, think that there must be a breach in that there impoundment uh, dike. So we didn't really ride the perimeter dike to figure out where it was. But very obviously there is one from did. Ian. Didn't want to penetrate the dike. Did not want to penetrate the dike. Felt like uh, probably get outed on social media for doing something like that. Um, didn't want to get canceled. But uh, I'd be interested to see now that Nicole, that whore, has come through, if that is yeah. um, more prevalent. And uh, I also would like to figure out where it is so we can keep an eyeball on it. Heck yeah. Um, I think we can back some motors up to it, keep that hole open. Uh, I want to make sure that um, the local DU chapter right. doesn't do the fuckery that they did um, the last time one of the dikes got breached and without a permit, without public input, got the wink, wink, nod, nod to go out there and stack it full of uh, Quick Creek bags. Yeah. Because mm. um, nothing says National Wildlife Refuge like a concrete um, right. <laughs> Damn. reservoir. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm really interested to see the the pictures of the shoreline. You know, looking at what happened in Daytona and New right. Smyrna and places, all the erosion that the dunes had there. Yeah, you know, maybe it finally got that new inlet they were talking about coming through that area. But well, <clears throat> I I'll bet you that if you go down in that section, like the the lagoon section. Um, those beaches are so steep and so tall. I was yeah. gonna say those are pretty big dunes. I don't think there. I don't think it's gonna be much of a difference at all. Now, when we were out there, um, water had definitely breached over the dikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I even told you guys. I don't know if I showed you the growler that's sitting beside the yeah. sink. I found that on top of one of the dikes. Oh really? Yeah, huh. yeah. So cool. Um, Hobos. But, um, yeah, as far as the beach and those dunes, I don't think uh, it's going to, you know, we're not going to be here to enjoy the new lagoon-friendly inlet. Um, (laughs) If that should ever happen, I think we'll all have washed away (laughs) with everything else. (laughs) So everybody that wishes for that inlet to open up with the storm, be careful careful what you're wishing for. Need more flow. Yeah. yeah. Um, It'll solve everything. But... uh, of note, um, and man, we really fucked up. Um, yeah. Ted made a delivery. Ooh. Oh, is it 
Is it what I think it, it is? It is what you think it is. <sighs> Canadian pickles. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. But I, I, you know, and I was going to do like, we should like taste test them, but like, I'm so full from dinner. I mean, I don't want to waste I'm, the taste. I don't want to waste the I'm taste of the. I'm to say let's hold off till next week. Did he yeah. give us an advisory on this set? I know the last there was set a disclaimer did. about the quality of the cucumbers wasn't what they had. That's you know because it it's, weak it's, sauce, it started with the typical. I'm Mom, I'm, clean the I'm sorry leaves. sorry, but the reason I hadn't sent pickles uh, was because the. Uh, the cucumbers weren't, you know, of the quality that we normally. I was like, Fuck, so who cares, man? It's the pickling, the ta- like, it's, yeah, it's right. Not. So anyway, he brought some pickles. They're in the fridge. Um, the and I'm only saying this to get a rise in the future. But is it that maybe <laughs> Ted's pickles were a one hit wonder, and he's scared we're gonna find out the family pickle recipe isn't as good as we think? Listen, if Ted's out there taking pickles out of another jar and putting them in a jar and giving them to us, I just don't know if I can handle it. I don't either. (laughs) Some classics. uh, I'm excited to make sure that we have two good batches to confirm the family recipe's good and they're just not one-hit wonders in the pickle Yeah, I'm going to need video proof of pickling. I'm just going to say that I don't condone the blasphemy that's coming from Ben yeah. and from Jameson. I completely agree. That the I fact that the fact that your family recipe is being impugned um, is offensive to me. And Ted, <laughs> are the if, Scots if even all, known? If for all you do <laughs> in the future is bring pickle jars to my house and tell me that those dick beaters don't deserve pickles, I'm okay with that. Back where back where my people come from, we have pickled eggs and pickled pigs feet. I just want to confirm. Yeah, that sounds I was like not that. impugning the lack of Ted's family recipe. Mm, you kind of Oh, no. I just wanted me, you rolled right there with me. You tried to sound cool. You tried to side with me. I just want to see the birth certificate. No, that's here's all I what want I'm to getting see. at. Braveheart's rolling over. And this is, this is why. And Ted, hopefully, will see through the bullshit. Oh, every, yeah, there's some bullshit here. Calling out a man's pickle recipe. Dude, I get it. But my point is, every time I've told Ted... How great the pickles are! He brings them to your house and is like, "Well, here, what's he going to drive to fucking Melbourne? I'll drive up, <laughs> dude. I'll meet him in Tennessee. I don't give a rip. But he doesn't. He's never. He's and he won't I know go to Canada. Eh? He's he's had a podcast jar, and he's had a personal literal family pickle jar show up. And I want a picket jar, and being kind hasn't gotten it. So maybe if we add a little oh, uh, sass onto so, it. So Ben's a little butthurt. He didn't get his hundred percent. They're fucking delicious. Maybe that's why Ben put the Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving. <laughs> He's hoping that the pickle, the, the pickle, pickle claws will come down the from the Great White the North. Pickle fairy needs Please, to ride Santa. his maple syrup filled sled, <laughs> drop it down my vent pipe, Please, and Santa. stick it onto the tree, and I'll wake up the happiest motherfucker on Christmas. Or just How knock on pickles? the door. You don't have to drop it down the vent yeah, pipe. I'll buy you a beer. Just send me some damn oh, pickles. I'll he doesn't even want to see you, Ted. Just send him pickles. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like Ted. I like him. He'll tickle mm-hmm. your pickle. And don't covet I, my pickle I'm not, collection. I can't, I can't promise that. <laughs> I know it's a commandment, but damn it, them pickles are... And I walked into that. I'm fine with it. That's fine. Carrying on. <laughs> can confirm. Well, I just so, fucked up the podcast. Oh, uh, no, no. For five seconds. Huh. 
Yeah, well. So anyway. You didn't miss much. You didn't miss much. (laughs) I don't know why I hit that key, but we stopped recording for about five seconds. Ah. Ah. Um, Did you and Ted... See any fish on your? Ex- we well, did. You did the lady fish. Yeah, we we saw we saw some Sorry. redfish. I'm just we're a fly fishing podcast. We're yeah, talking we, about pickles a lot. <laughs> we saw redfish. Um, didn't really have any like what I would call legit shots. You know, super high water, dirty, fucking disgusting. You know, just just waiting for the next call. That's why when we saw the old uh, salt marsh culvert in Kona, we're like, eh, let's mm-hmm. do this. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, let's do this. Let's shoot some fish in a barrel. And all we got for that was fucking ladyfish. So you tell me. God, they stink <laughs> so bad. This one was a pleasure to catch because she I was, was not on my skiff. And you're guaranteed if you catch a ladyfish on your skiff that they shit. will spray shit from fucking <laughs> tip to stern. <laughs> like, just coat the so, boat. <laughs> It's like so, when you grab a lizard and so, they know they're in your hands, so they're going to evacuate their bowels. So since we've gone down the poo path, <laughs> let's be careful. We're not, not turning this in. Line shit. We're not no. turning this into the Jimmy and Andrew show. No, no two go- two cups, one girl, um, or one cup, two girls. Did you, you get go. poop on Wild's boat? <gasps> I mean, it's, technically it's his, but I'm paying for it still, so it's kind of mine. Um, Again, took Space Welder and his son out. Went to a little tarpon honey hole. And this kid hooked a big tarpon. And it just flew into the boat and shit and scales and... Oh, God. Big mess. Lots of fish juices. Massive evacuation of... Do that bowels? Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did he throw up too? Was it like I don't know what? Did was the tarpon out? release the poop chute? Oh, it was released. Yeah, that's an evacuation. Oh house. man, <laughs> fighting for its life, man. I think I shared the picture, or he did. I don't know. Find but, anything good in there? No, but as this thing was flopping around, I'm like, oh, and it ended up hitting space welder's hand up into the gunnel, and there was a nice big bruise. Straight across his hand. Those twenty pound, twenty five pound fish. All right. Fish. Yeah. Marks over Respectable. here. Beaten juvenile tarpon. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. But yeah, but he doesn't claim it's tarpon season, so it's fine. But why? Why? Why is there a need to? Well, never mind. I've been doing the same thing in this chair for a couple minutes now. <laughs> Point taken. Carry on. <laughs> never mind. I get it. I get what you're saying. I just don't. Is it a a, a defense? Kind no, of like a squirrel. Probably a squirrel. Oh, no, I think it's I think it's fight or flight. It's yeah. exertion. I <laughs> think that final push to gain some speed, lighten the load. <laughs> just muscles <laughs> expanding. Imperial track. cruisers always dump their waist <laughs> before going to hyperdrive. Oh my god, that was the hottest <laughs> thing you've ever said on a podcast. Did you just say hottest? That was hot. It was a Star Wars reference. Oh, I, wow. I'm not sexually hot. It's just hot. All righty. What's going, going on over there? <laughs> hey, Mark. I got a little room over here, Jameson. Uh, hey, Ben. Yeah, Larry. Would you like to see my uh, lightsaber? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never had a redfish do it. Ladyfish, most definitely. Yeah. It only seemed like certain fish. Certain fish. 
did you lose your fly to the ladyfish as well? No, did it? No, not well, at all. Well, not at all. I, did it toast your fly? Because I've caught them and they've oh, destroyed. They just as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Ted, much like sometimes young Ben will do, mm-hmm. um, began being critical um, without basis um, <laughs> as soon as he got on the skiff. Uh oh. Um, Ted, in his kind Canadian way, offered to pole, and I was like. You sure? He was like, "Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just want to spend the day on the water with you." I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna I'll hop up there and hog the bow until you tell me you're done." Well, he, I said, "I'll take that combo there." So he reaches down, he gets it, and he takes the fly off before he hands it to me, and he immediately starts giving me shit Mm. about the size of the leader. Short? (laughs) No, no, no. The Oh, the diameter? The diameter. They use millimeters or? No, 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 no. <laughs> he was like, oh, geez, like, why don't, you know, why don't you, like, put a hundred pound on here or something? I was like, what are you talking about? And, like, then I realized when he hands, I was like, dude, I was fishing fucking snook with this thing. Like, I've got some fucking 30 pound for a fucking bite tippet. What yep. is your problem? Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you know, just like typical, you know, just, Jumping to a conclusion, and it's like, Ted, the fucking, you know, tippet is like 12 pound, and I've got 30 pound bite tippet on. Like, relax. And no, I'm not clipping it off and retying it because I'm fucking (laughs) fishing for redfish right now. They're not fucking going to care, and I don't care. And even if they did care, I don't care. <laughs> Get on the fucking platform and pull, monkey. Wait, you're you're using your snook leader for redfish? Won't that confuse the fish? Well, no, because it's no, on the box. No, because and it's I'm on all, a salmon line. Yeah, I'm already using a fucking salmon line. So, so it's a double negative. That's right. Got it. Okay. Okay. If you confuse your enemy. Ah, out of law. That's right. Element of surprise. So that that reminded me that. Ted was very critical of the fact that I had a bite tippet from a previous trip that I had not. Well, it's a good thing you taken did. off. Like, you'd have lost that ladyfish. That's if you'd have right. It down. Like, so. That's right. We, we fish for real fish. You yeah. know, when I hooked into that Mogan ladyfish, mm-hmm. I was like, I can. Oh, I've got this all day long. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I only had to rush on. this. Yeah. I don't have to rush uh-huh. this. But at the end of the day, Did you get a couple good jumps out of this. Oh yeah, it's uh, just oh, yeah. like the uh, the Rocky Mountain bonefish. At the end of the day, if you're having a slow day, and you know you catch a Rocky Mountain bonefish or enough, a ladyfish, and you're like, a fish yeah. is a fish. Enough jumping that Ted was forced to opine. Oh, <laughs> poor man's tarpon, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Carp don't like jump it. like that, eh? Yeah. Do your stripers? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. shortly after jump? Ted's visit, I evacuated the, uh, not my bowels, <laughs> um, the Central Florida coast area and uh, went up to uh, fish with Wilds and Rick up in the low country. Mm. Which, yeah, that was like a short turnaround, week and a half from our trip. To yeah, hurricane to, and I think you going up. <laughs> I think that was a series I, of events. I was doing pretty good with uh, keeping it like on the down low. Mm-hmm. It was from very from, much. from the wife 
that like she had mistakenly given me permission to do this because I've been like on <laughs> like triple yeah. secret like restriction on how yeah. far I can drive and stuff. Um, and I don't know whether it was Ben and I talking or something, but it came up and she was like, wait, whoa, hold. And I was like, babe, Time out. I'm fucking leaving at like seven in the morning. I'm getting there at lunchtime. Like that's we, not my nap time. We were on by the porch steps between the kitchen door and the garage. And you said something and it, you could watch the light bulb go off on her face. Right. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going. This trip is yeah. fucking happening. Because it was like two days away at this point. It was yeah. very close. Yeah. So, um, Ride or die. Can't back out now. That's right. <laughs> um, so Just take a quick pit stop in Jacksonville. You'll be good. No, actually, um, I made fucking real you, good, you time. Made good time. I made real yeah. good time because uh, we fished um, up around um, Isle of Palm. Mm-hmm. So I just punched in the Isle of Palm Marina mm-hmm. and dropped the fucking hammer. Um, yeah, like I want to say it was a little bit after lunchtime I checked in with you, and you're like, oh, we're already fishing. Yeah. Um, I made one stop. Um, Dang. Just dairy drive from now on. Shit. I only ever make one you don't want me. To, you don't want me to <laughs> drive after lunchtime. Um, and not... Meaning after I ate, just like any time after lunchtime, um, we might go for Larry a, a, a ditch excursion. <laughs> um, so rolled in. Um, Wilds uh, was there waiting for me at the marina. We both had gear because Goat Island is um, where we were staying, and Goat Island basically is on the Let's see. It would be on the west side of the intracoastal. Or not, not, uh, east side? I don't think it's the intracoastal. Uh, it's on the west side of Isle of Palm. Okay. So Isle of Palm is a barrier island. Mm-hmm. And then you got a waterway that goes between Goat Island and Isle of Palm. There is no bridge to Goat Island. The only way you get to Goat Island is if you have a boat to get there. Via water vessel. Via vessel, a floating conveyance of some type. Do they have a water, like, are, is it occupied year-round um, type deal? I, I think like down in Key West, how they have the water taxi that goes out there off of Mallory. Oh, no, no, no. There's no private water taxi or anything. Oh, like okay. you, you, There's like a X number of houses out there. And, um uh, quite a few uh airbnbs or whatever and that's what we had gotten we had we had uh wilds was aware of it and had found like he actually lived out there as a kid um for a couple of years so that's how he knew of goat island so we actually had a house probably like seven eight houses away from where he was a kid um and had his place but uh we made the decision based on the tide um, that we were going to fish first, and then we would come back to the nice. marina, load all our shit uh, in the skiff, and then take it to the house and you know make have you know get moved in. So we jump in, you know, just put rods in the boat, box of flies, whatever, and take off. And we were fishing the 
outgoing. And as soon as we ended up in the little bay of Mars, because it's I always describe it's how I describe it. It looks like you're either on the moon or Mars. Where he, where he, yeah, it's like you know, all these oyster bars are sticking out, so they're like super dark black, and then everything else is pluff mud. It's just like monochromatic, very little water. I think I stuck two fish back to back. Um, I think Wilds did Wilds catch one the first day? I'm pretty sure, yeah. We we like, you know, three fish, bam, bam. By that point the water's coming back in, oysters are getting covered up, it's getting ready to be dark, and we're like, fuck it. That was awesome. Like in an hour and a half, three fish to the boat. We're we're cruising back to the house. So we go to the marina, pack up all our stuff, go unload it, put it in the house. Um Wilds did dinner that night. We just did like um peel and eat shrimp um, mm. that were fresh that he had picked up from uh, like a local shrimp guy or whatever and uh, just hung out, shot the shit. Rick wasn't supposed to get there until the following morning. Um, he was flying down Monday because I, I got up there Sunday afternoon. Um, oh, so Monday morning. That's pretty cool looking. The high tide, the flood was happening right at sunrise (laughs) and we got up and we didn't go far at all um pull in while i was like yeah you know we should you know we're very close to an inlet Mm -hmm. and he's like this is one of the first places it's going to flood and then we'll just follow it in you know as it goes and uh i would say within five minutes we had our first tail and I made one shot and fucking hooked up. Nice. And we were both like, holy shit. And the, the sun hadn't even come up yet. Oh, and it was like so fucking beautiful because it was like, you know how sometimes when the sun is just ready to crack the horizon, you get like those crazy like sunbeams that are uh-huh. coming up. All yeah. Yeah. It was just a, awesome. an amazing morning. Super windy, but, you know, nonetheless, it was it was beautiful. Um, Dude. Have your fast action rod to uh, cut through the wind. Um, but really technical rod. It or? it was somewhat technical, not highly technical. Okay. Um, but uh, we uh, we you know we fished the flood tide uh, the rest of the morning. Um, when we came back after the flood tide, um, and. Wilds got another, got a, a fish on the flood, and I think I may have gotten a second or I fed a second but didn't get it to the boat. I can't remember. Um, Paul Puckett met us. Um, he had a couple of ladies with him that are uh, new to the Charleston scene, um, and he's just trying to get them out, like, you know, oriented, and they're kind of new to fly fishing, but um, I think one of them was like a TV news personality somewhere else, but always did like outdoor things. Mm-hmm. So had just retired and was, you know, living in Charleston and he's just trying nice. to get her out and about. Nice of him. Yeah. But, uh, we hung out at the house and this is what was really cool about this trip is, uh, you know, most times when you hear people like, Hey, I'm going to Charleston, you know, I'm going up for the flood tides. 
Um, I like the flood tide fishing um, because you're on the clock. It's a very finite period of time that you can go, and either it happens or it doesn't. And if your buddy is like, ride or die, we're going to fucking catch a fish today, and it just ain't happening, and you end up like here in the lagoon seven hours later going, yep. buddy, let's go to the ramp. Oh, no, 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 let's just check one more place. One more. Up there, you can't do that. You know, it either is happening or it's not. And you're either fishing the flood or the low, mm-hmm. right? So it was really fucking up my alley because as soon as that flood tide, there's too much water, we were done. So we headed back to the house. Paul met us at the house. We all fucking hung out a um, couple, three hours, just shooting the shit, enjoying ourselves, relaxing, and then... Rick had come in, so we went and picked Rick up. By the time we ran to the flat where we needed to be, it was almost the end of the outgoing, and we started fishing. Holy fucking shit. (laughs) This is one of those days where you just fucking can't believe it, okay? So I had already caught fish on the low tide on Sunday afternoon one shot one kill to start the day I'm already like fucking satiated Mm -hmm. and Rick's like hey go ahead and jump up there I'm like no fuck that you just got here you get up here Um, and he's like no no no, you you go ahead and fish I'm like dude and he (laughs) was very insistent so I was like "All right, fuck it All right, I'll get (laughs) up there give you a chance yeah Yeah. so we pull up on the first spot, which we never left, mind you, because within minutes, I fucking had a fish on, and there were so many fucking fish doing, hey, I'm eating things, that I took a step off the front of the platform sat down on the bow fighting my fish like low so that Rick could cast. Rick's now hooked up. I'm hooked up. Rick steps off the fucking platform into the cockpit, grabs a fucking rod, throws it up to Wilds. <laughs> Wilds is hooked nice. up. And that was pretty much how it ended. Not at that moment, but like two and a half hours later. Like we literally, I I can't tell you how many fish crossed <laughs> that gunnel that day. Like none of us were like, it no was like, keep count. No it was like you know, like, you know, when you're having a good day, you're like, yeah, man, we got four or five mm-hmm. or we got six or we all were like, what? I have no fucking idea, nor do I fucking care. Yeah. That was just fucking insanity. Mm-hmm. And one of you guys, when we were watching a video earlier, said something about, you know, well, you know, we, we're not like bass anglers where you got multiple rods out or whatever. We literally had multiple rods out after once this mayhem started because we knew that there was going to be like as soon as I hook up. Oh, and we, we broke off a bunch too because there's fucking oysters everywhere. Yeah, right. And literally, if. 
somebody broke off on the oysters, you would just get a rod. You'd just put your hand back with the, the rod with the broken tippet, and it would disappear, and you would get the other rod in your hand, and you would just go. <laughs> and, uh, Come on, guide service dude, there. it was... Uh, Fucking insanity! Reloading, like, <laughs> it, it, it to reloading, moving. Need a reload. Yeah, I mean, and I have never had a more fun fucking afternoon. And then you know, uh, of course, it's the low country, so it's that window of time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's just slowly gets to be too much water, and then it's just like. Well, there goes the last one we release, and it's like, everybody good with going back to the house? And we're all like, one more. Yeah, I think I'm okay. I think I'm going to be just fine. Um, And we went back, and it was one of those, because Paul was out with his little cadre, and it was like, nobody even had to say anything to each other, you know, because as everybody's getting back, how'd you fellas do? We are just like, all right. It was good, you know, but you didn't want to rub anybody's nose in it, but good God, it was fucking amazing. Like literally sitting on the freaking deck, somebody, somebody's casting, somebody's casting it over somebody's you, they're hooked up over. and then somebody's hooked. I mean, it was just unreal. And then so. back to reality. <laughs> and then the following morning, um, Rick did not stay at the house. Uh, his fiance had come down and her parents live in town. So they were like going to dinner in the evenings. Rick failed to understand what the memo said Mm. of boys weekend (laughs) slash boys weekday. Um, trust me, he won't make that mistake again. Um, (laughs) he heard about it a little bit in the boat. Um, so anyway, um, that evening we, uh, you know, we talked about like what time to, you know, flood tide would be that next morning was super, super foggy. Like, like cut it with a knife. Yeah. Like you could, you couldn't see across to the other side of the channel. Oh yeah. Like kind of foggy. So when, scary foggy. Yeah. That's, scary foggy. That's scary. Yeah. Cause I looked it up and it's not, no. <laughs> and when we, when we picked Rick up at the, uh, Marina the next morning, there were like a couple of boats leaving the boat basin headed north towards like we were headed. Well, our host has been running skips <laughs> in that neighborhood specifically since he's seven years old. So he kind of knows his way around. And dude, when he pushed it forward and we went flying by them at like Mach 2.5, <laughs> I, was, I was super uncomfortable but I knew that we were in good hands. Good hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's how I feel with you. I was, I was gonna say. say here's how you yeah. know when yeah. Larry feels uncomfortable doing that. It's <laughs> yeah, fast yeah. and sketchy. Yeah. So, and and we you know wind around and fucking you know boom. All right, we're where we're gonna fish <laughs> and literally ten fifteen minutes and we put Rick on the bow because yeah. um, Rick had yet to have uh, experienced the. Uh, Joys of a redfish in the grass on the flood. And uh, Rick got his first flood tide redfish early in the fog. Just like, you know, I mean, it's one of those. Yeah, it's going to be burnt into his fucking memory, his fishing memory bank. Um, Paul, paint this for me. Yeah, (laughs) no shit. No shit. And then uh, 
we went back, hung out at the house, relaxed for a bit, you know, and uh, we were going to go out one last time um, and fish the, the low water. And as we were idling out, Wilds like, all right, I'll give you guys a choice. We can go back to where we were yesterday, or there's this other spot I was thinking about we could go look. And we were all like, you know what? <laughs> For as fucking amazing as yesterday was, I want that place to stay on to the stay. fucking special list. Yep. Yeah, right. Don't fuck it up. Let's just yeah. and, and and you know, there's a part of you that says don't leave fish to find fish. But, but Sometimes yeah. the fish don't stay. So let's leave that. Let's let the fucking land of the unicorn just <laughs> yeah. stay the land of the unicorn, and let's go try this other uh, other place. And we went to a new spot, and uh, the fish were a little pickier um, and not as prolific, but we still did pretty good. Um, I, I think I broke one off maybe um, on an oyster bar. Or I know I I know at minimum I fed a couple and then like fucking yanked the fly out of their mouth, um, so I, I didn't give any skiff rides on day three, but both of them did, um, and you know it was like getting late and the you know tide cycle was about to be out and they're like hey you want to jump back up there and I'm like dude I'm fucking since yesterday afternoon I've been good <laughs> like <laughs> don't feel like I've got to catch a fish for this to be a good day right like you know I got one you know I'm fine. So, uh, but it was, it was a really nice three day midweek, you know, Monday, Tuesday, fish hard, come home on Wednesday. Um, and it, and it really did occur to me. I mean, I made it up there, I think it was five hours and six minutes was uh, the elapsed time. Um, why aren't we going up there more? I mean, we always talk about going to the Keys, you know, that's about a five-hour jaunt. You know, it's like... Keys might be a little farther. Well, depending on where Yeah, depending on where you're going in the Keys, But here's the flip side to that. We know the food's killer up there, too. So why aren't we going? So we get Ben to drive. Mark and Larry can sit in the back with a milk jug. Dude, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like the truckers. Right. <laughs> Make a trucker bomb. I'll be at home, not invited again. <laughs> you, no, never, we need never two been skiffs. to South Carolina. We're, look, we got your <laughs> skiff. Well, no, the Nomad can have three people. I mean, that's. They can have four. It's Coast Guard rated. <laughs> we can do two skiffs. Oh, so the. You want the, a Rochambeau for it? The <laughs> final thing that I will say about that trip is. Um, you know, Rick, of course, wah, 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 had to go do family stuff, future in-law stuff. But uh, that was the first time I did that uh, buffalo white bean chicken chili. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And holy smokes, that was really good. Yeah. And then uh, Wilds and I actually, uh, they had a fire pit in the backyard, so we oh. it was nice and cool out. So we sat outside and had a... Little fire action, but uh, well, that was my uh, Carolina trip. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's always a special time. I think that's why I don't make more trips up there. Yeah, it's always something special that you're going up there for. Whether it's you know fishing with your buddies up there, or 
But the flip side is when you're not doing it on like, like we all used to go up for the Taylor's ball and the last couple of years it hasn't worked out, but there's always one to three tournaments going on that weekend. So it's an absolute shit show of people on the water and whatnot. And right. like when you go, when it's, we'll call it the off season, it's still a flood tide, but when there's not everybody trying to fish that tournament that day, cause it's the middle of the week. I think that's we're like, Pretty awesome. Yeah. God, I love food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'd just, be happy just eating. And like exactly. You and Wilds came back from that. Well, you came back, but then when we saw Wilds for the dinghy derby weekend, y'all were both talking about that white bean chili. And I wound up making it the other day. Which I, I'm gonna I'm gonna critique your Ooh. Yeah, go ahead. It didn't look like you did much on the Buffalo side of things. I put in the amount that the recipe called for. Okay. Hashtag white girl. Probably. <laughs> Weak sauce. Where I, I have to do that. I like where it I mild. Think it made me wrong. Yeah. I, re- I realized halfway through my cream cheese was not good. Ooh. So, so it didn't have cream cheese. It didn't in have it. cream cheese That's to okay. like uh, add the depth to it. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, because it, it didn't look right. I didn't no, want to say that no, until was, on the podcast when it, I could try to embarrass you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, no, it called for cream cheese. I opened it up thinking, oh, I have half a cream cheese. And it looked and you like had cottage cheese. No, but it was dry <laughs> and it like crusty. And I'm like, it, when I cut, Just cut this, the crust off, dude, I would have gotten half an ounce. It's it like, was not the half a block. That so, was, the, that was the difference. Cause yeah, your chili didn't look right compared right. to like what I had seen mine turn out not that no. i'm a better it, chef than you but well I, I mean there's some experience and you've <laughs> never steered us wrong here so um, for those of you guys listening put the cream cheese visit in the um half baked harvest, harvest. Half. best yep. well, i'm gonna Instagram put i'm gonna put page. the link for this specific recipe in the show description on taylortrash.com yeah. perfect so it'll it'll take you straight Dude, to it's it. so good i I've been on record on this podcast saying I don't like white chili. It's not my favorite, and I will redact that now. Yeah, it's it was fucking amazing. I'm a big fan of all chilies. Mm, not vegetarian. Especially Skyline. Oh, you like the Skylines, do you? I like the Skylines. Sky I think I've got some in the cabinet uh, here you can have. There was I a hate it. Line it's like disgusting. It. No, it's Down got that cinnamon shit in it. Yeah, oh, okay. God. Yeah, the cinnamon. And they bring out the chili with spaghetti. Dude, uh, let's not even get. We need to I do a chili cook off. I would say the first month of marriage. Um, you do have to add a little bit. And of she doesn't listen to this podcast. We were making chili dogs, or not and my wife brought back Skyline chili for chili dogs. Hmm. And I didn't eat dinner that night. I was gonna say, <laughs> did you throw it in the pond? Ooh. <laughs> no, I just told her I was like, I'm not eating this. I had a I had a new one at the duck camp. We had chili. Um but instead of having the dogs separate, old boy just threw the dogs and the sausages in the chili when it was in the crock pot. That way we didn't have to cook anything. It was all in one pot, hot and ready. Ooh. Okay. And here's the kicker. I've had it in a blind. I, wasn't, I, I didn't Fritos. have it in the blind. Yeah, you had to have Fritos. Fritos and cheese. Oh, oh that's just yeah. a these were, pie. Frito pie. Yeah. <clears throat> these are solid dogs, though. Oh. So you can pull the dog out and still right. have some chili on it. Uh-huh. Oh. Topper with chili. So it was like chili. cooked in the chili. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. The dogs are okay. cooked in the chili. It's a nice touch. 
Oh, I'm gonna have to try that. It, it makes it good. easy on you. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought you were talking like a little Frito pie. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So, um, let's see. Um, just working our way down the show notes. Um, you know, the Hurricane Ian um, on social media was quite the opportunity for uh, internet clout on uh, the charitable side of things. So much so that, like, a month and a month and a week later, like before Nicole hit, yeah, um, I saw a post. Um, it was a repost of a post of the fact that uh, at the Restore Gala, that uh, which is just kind of silly in and of itself. I mean, if there was ever a year to like postpone a fucking black tie event in an area that just got hit by a cat four hurricane. It probably be like a gala would get like rescheduled or postponed or Larry, how do you expect to raise money without a $300 plate? Okay. Black well, tie event, please. Okay. Well, you know, I think that there's probably good benefit to what's going on with the emergency disaster relief fund, but based on previous IRS filings that we've reviewed, if your gala event costs $300,000 to put on and you net $50,000, then, you know, that's not a very, like, where I'm from in Tennessee, they'd call that a bad investment. Right. Well, see, math like so that instead, is best not done. Is instead you would say this year in lieu of your sponsorship dollars, which is what I'm getting to in this, this post was a $50,000 donation was made by Costa to um, the longtime conservation partners that hosted the Restore Gala. Um, we all we all know because we we read the the actual financials behind the uh-huh. yep. the the organization. So, with that fifty thousand, that that's actually the net of that event right. in the past. Yeah. And so far as we've been able to extrapolate from the financials that are reported that are publicly available, right? Reported to that event in a literal depiction of cost versus proceeds. Right. Yeah. So huh? if if instead everybody's donation that went towards the $300,000 worth of event space rental um Fancy bar catering catering Papa's Pilar I yeah mean, all of the gift bags all that stuff would it have been better to just at the end of the day say in lieu of our gala event this year, all the donations that were made that make that gala possible were just passed on into the guide, this fund or whatever, which I think, you know, I think, you know, the state run fund or the, you know, um, Red Cross would probably do better, you know, parsing that out more fairly. Um, but in any event, 
that could have been a $350,000 donation to victims of Ian rather than $50,000 in support of an event that's going to raise $50,000 so that, you know, and just my observation is it, is it more about clout on, on, on clout slash, uh, because I mean, you know, content, it makes me feel good. Well, and it's and it's a benefit to everybody in the sense that all those companies get to write that off. Mm-hmm. So, like this one organization donated fifty thousand right. to these partners. They they're not like they're not just doing that for free, right? So they get to write fifty off. These people right. write ten yeah. off. They do fifteen. Oh, so yeah. everybody, it's all budgeted out. I'm not gonna say right. cleans the money, but gets there. <coughs> Their tax benefits they need from well, it. and the tax Call benefits at this point, time. at this point, you know, it doesn't matter whether you call it a charitable contribution or marketing right. expense yeah. or advertising expense. It's on the expense side of the column, right? Yeah. So if you if you've got an extra fifty k laying around that you can throw around, it's all the same. You're just it's all the same. It. Instead of giving it to Uncle Sam, you're giving it to right, which I'm totally about. By the way, right? Yeah, that's just the but, game. Yeah, I don't criticize anybody for making "quote unquote" that donation. But what I'm saying is, if we were trying to get the most bang for the buck, wouldn't we have just said, "Hey, let's let's take the 300k that we're going to throw this party with and make that a donation?" Right. Yeah, that would be much more impactful. Yeah. Um. And that was just uh, this uh, this part of the uh, show notes is uh, uh, you know a little review of some of the social media inter- Instagram <laughs> content that we've seen out there, um, and of course it's all accompanied with uh, you know a bunch of photos carrying very branded uh, bags, picking up a few items of trash from you know. Islands that are thrashed from the storm, um, which you know, kudos to those that are out there actually yeah. getting their hands dirty and they're Absolutely. you know doing that kind of work. Um, Doesn't cost money to go out and pick up trash, folks. I just saw gas prices, and you guys have the same notes that I have because we're doing yeah. our, our new thing. Okay, so on that next note, the solid humble brag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know I get what I saw. Okay. Do you guys get what I saw on, all, on the nice humble brag? It's, it's all about the pink. No? Uh, no. Okay. Um, it, it did appear to be a girls only, which is the tray chic thing of late. Um, is it in the... It's, you know, the, the they have pink... Uh, release flags for right. their permit. Yep. Is it uh, above the caption but below the photo? Above the caption but below the photo. I was fucking bad at worst. No. no. No, it's okay. just that no. what an incredible time. With the, do, am I allowed to read this? Sure. <laughs> with a group of beautiful <laughs> ladies inside and out. But it's not a picture of you hanging out with your friends. It's you hanging out with your trophy flag so everyone knows you caught. Pumping up. 
permit. <laughs> yeah, those permit. are weird looking permits. <laughs> well, they're hand drawn by one, a kid but... in a school, man. Come on, it's for the children. Um, Could have fooled me. Looks like it's about women. Well, which I'm all about women, but no. Um, are we gonna talk about the permit belt bu- bu- buckle? That ding 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 winner. So what I thought was really super oh, funny and cool is the blonde now. on the end was like, "Bitches, we all got a flag, but do you got the fucking permit belt buckle like I have?" That I thought she and was, I was like weird on her thighs. How to cover up nice of a fucking family. humble brag of just dropping the flag just enough to be like, "Kabling!" Oh. oh damn, hold on. Sheesh, dog. I saw that. I was like, "It look." And now you look at her smile. Now, uh huh. Does it, it have looks, a little? It looks a little more glow to it. It's, it's a, a twinkle. Little, yeah. I was like, man, that is a fucking master right there. I that's a you, dope belt buckle. Does it come with a bottle opener? I bet you that's probably. A, a three-piece right there. I don't even think she probably wears that belt buckle. And, I mean, you look. No. The shirt is tucked in behind oh, 100%. it. 100%. That photo for her it's just was to showcase no, that buckle. Like that. And she's, like, leaning over. Is that what the winner got was a belt buckle? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I think that was in the spa day package gift. Oh, sorry. So everybody got, she just took advantage because the other one's in a dress. You know, I, I'm a little bit disillusioned with, know. Uh, you know, what, like I said, was Trey Chic. It seems like, um, you know, it's <laughs> it's all about ladies only to this lodge, ladies only to that lodge. Um, Jeff Legutke's new wife is like doing ladies only charters. It's a fine example you give a fucking inch, they take a fucking mile. A year ago, we two years ago, it, it was 50-50 on the water. We need to 50-50 on the water. Now it's 100 fucking percent can only go on this fucking trip. Like, what, what, what's, what's happening here, gentlemen? Larry, I We're bet fucking it, giving away the farm. I bet if you identified, you could probably, you know, pass your way in there. Now... Don't say that if you don't think I wouldn't try it. Now, what what happens when that happens? Because there's going to be some some smart, brave motherfucker that's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm identifying as a female for this trip, and I triple dog dare them to fucking stop me. How's how's the fly fishing community going to deal with that one? Yeah, we need because I mean, you're a man. We're a pretty woke, we're pretty bunch. Woke. On listen, the, on the listen. <laughs> Don't be wearing your Patagonia shirt if you're not going to buy into the woke, broke. <laughs> All right, bro. Anywho, uh, yeah, no, that'd, that'd be an interesting one. Um, I'll do I, that. Am I right or wrong? Are there is oh, there no, not I, a prolification of girl only? I'll be the test dummy. Trips and it started. It's, or maybe it's to, just what maybe no, what's no, no, being no, no. curated for me. Maybe think, my Instagram has skewed my it, reality. It started with the younger girls. Mm-hmm. Okay, doing that. I know. Fuck it, I'll name drop. I know Cheyenne Orvis had a women's only trip. Kayla Lockhart had a women's only trip. All fake. Well, what do you a, mean fake? It's a networking event People. for Instafluencers. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, well, but, but no, it is all. But my point yeah. being, it's, yeah. it's a marketing it, expense for that them. That was to, a, it was successful. Uh-huh. So they've done it year after year, and now the 
It's lost its I shimmer. hate to say the older crowd. To, I don't want to hurt any ladies' feelings out there. No, 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 no. But the, you say the cougars are now. The, uh, the more, cougar crowd. Or more specifically because. in on it, and they have the money for the it. The jaguars. Because oh, we are in, we're down we're in, in Central America. America. Yeah. Um, the jaguars. <laughs> they have been like, well, shit, I can do it too. But we can have instead of just being a, running loose on the El Pescador El to make it better than a hosted trip with me because hosted trips are out. It. That's that's oh, oh are hosted trips out? I think yes, so. Man. How many how many hosted hosted trips out? How many hosted trips do you see now? Like hosted oh, trips lot. or hosted hose on trips? I'm <laughs> yeah. seeing a lot of them. Okay, <laughs> is that what you said? Enunciate. There, there Dude, are. You're lot. asking, yeah. Hosted, so, oh, hosted trips. Okay, Ben, the uh, the OG Ben influencer, the huge it. one. He's doing a hosted trip. Yeah, good for him. But I mean, if oh, you take, oh, little terse there. No, little, I, oh, I'm gonna lose my train of wow. thought. Wow, but like you look at talk about a jaguar. I do see a bunch of hosted yeah, trips. But like you look at like Cheyenne. Caleb, those were hosted trips. Yeah. Now it's transitions from hosted trips. No, this this started we up as a the hosted ante. trip. No, I think they still count as hosted trips. They're hosted for females only. They're tournaments. This started as well, a hosted trip. And yeah, they're invite into a only female tournaments. No. Well, maybe invite only is the wrong term. Yeah, I don't think it's but invite only. They're female tournaments, and there might be. Maybe they are hosted. I don't know. Maybe that word's not thrown around as much. It's tournaments to benefit said village. This one was, yeah. This one was to benefit right, most one of, of the villages there. Not to benefit anglers. Is that, Even though they is that a marketing piece to get more interest in that trip? Probably. I, all I know is when yeah. I, <clears throat> it first came up, I went to the website and I looked at it and looked at what it was about, and it was to help one of the villages there that right. was a guide-based village. And okay. that's what they were raising money for. And then I saw the price tag and hosted well, trips. decided Subs- you were going to stay a male. Subsequently closed, closed I mean, that tab. Uh, right. But. Uh, I wouldn't be complaining on a trip like that. But it's interesting. You talk about the 50-50 on the water thing. Right. I think. We haven't heard as much of that because it it didn't really take off to try and bring more females into the sport. So now they're just trying to build a better community of the ones that are in. Because it's a very f- niche sport to I get just into. Or figured out yeah. a better way to do it. Well, and since, like, what other sports... And I... Uh, fucking to me, fly fishing ain't a sport. Right. But, like, what other hobbies, pastimes... Sure. Is there a concerted fucking effort to guilt the participants in said activity to be recruiters? Quilting. I, I almost said sewing. <laughs> um, and that was just me being an asshole. The, I don't know of one. I just... I, but here's the... I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Most of that 50-50 on the water, that was an Orvis deal. Yeah. Um, the whole... You know, we have to make everybody feel guilty if we're not, you know, recruiting people into the sport. Da, da, da. It comes from the trade association. It's like, how about you, the industry, the people that are making the money? Why don't you guys do your own? Like, don't try to guilt me. The right. 
participant in doing your job. Sell your waiters. Yeah, if you you need a bigger market, create a bigger market. You do that by reducing the fucking cost of getting into this fucking pastime. Flip side to it, because we're not saying keep women out of fly fishing. But the women we know... Careful. Who, no, no, no. Hear me out. <laughs> Tread light. The women we know that do fly fish mm-hmm. and are cool as shit about it, I want more of them all day long. We know several people who just do it. See, but I don't... And they don't... I don't care. See, but, I don't care but, either. But that's my that's point. That's my thing. The yeah. point is that you shouldn't make that your focal point. Right. I'm going to be honest here. Just go do it. Any more fly fishers. Bingo. <laughs> Y'all stay the fucking Nobody home. Well, I'll be out on the water. And that, that was like, you know, Rich um, up at District um, when the whole COVID thing was happening. And, you know, he was like, God, you know, so many people are getting into being in the outdoors. And, you know, we're getting. I was like, dude, all these fucking people are going to be gone inside yep. of three. No, 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 no. Fly. This is like the new river runs through it. This is like the new. No, it's Ooh. not. These motherfuckers the have figured is. out that, like, this is. <laughs> This is an activity where, with relative ease, they can get on the internets yep. and make themselves look cool, and they're going to lose interest really fast because the old vanguard doesn't give a shit about looking no. cool. They're out fishing, yep, <laughs> and and you're already seeing it. Uh-huh. There's already a big drop off on all of well, life's, life's gone back to normal. Life's the gone back to normal. Are over. Right. Back to work. Yeah. Right. I I I hope that the last two hurricanes have slowed the amount of people fucking moving here. I'm tired of all these people here in Florida. I, I'm, I'm I was sorry. gonna say we should As get a third gen some U-Hauls Florida, going I north. Hate it. Yeah. I saw more Settle New down, York, America. Virginia. <laughs> I love you, Ted, but Easy. Canadian. You ready? You ready for them to be halfbacks? Ready for them half-backs. to be halfbacks. Half As Sam, I hate the halfbacks. Listen, yeah, but if, you have a right to hate the halfbacks. If they can stay on the east side, the east side. Over in the Carolinas? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Send Even them. the east side of North Carolina, I'm good with that. <laughs> right. Stay out of the mountains. Right. <laughs> Move to Virginia. You'll like it. Or elect. It's for lovers. No, I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> <sighs> so, all right. Well, I maybe give away a little bit more of how I look at Instagram by even bringing that one up. But like, as I was flipping through, I couldn't help but see the, the permit belt buckle was what jumped out at me. I was like, Oh cool. They had a nice trip. They all caught permit. Wait a second. Ha ha ha! Look, I, she's got this badass. One of them went to the permit rodeo. What were you no, zooming no, no, in on say, first? Hold on, <laughs> no, it's lady. not a matter of zooming no, 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 in. No, 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 that's it. tiny. That's tiny. I got good eyeballs and I can't I hardly see and that I'm joker. That, hmm, her hair looks a little wet. She's wearing a white shirt. Oh, let's. <laughs> I can assure Put you, my readers on that. Larry's a very classy dude. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Who has the utmost respect. <laughs> All right. What's the next thing that we got? Dumb idea. Hold on. Dumb idea. The worst redfish oh, management yeah. practice oh possible. Oh, my God. Y'all ready to hear some shit? So, uh... Should we... Nah. Send it. We, uh... We heard through, um... The grapevine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, maybe we don't follow the right accounts. Maybe we're not running in the right circles. But 
we found out like less than a week probably um, from it happening that uh, through a partnership with uh, Duke Energy and CCA hooking their wagon to it that they were going to be um, releasing 15,000 fingerling redfish. Um, the first of many batches. The first of many batches into um, the lagoon, north end of the lagoon, specifically accessing it uh, via Marine Discovery Center uh, to do it. And we've long been on the record. Uh, Opposed. Uh, thinking it's a pretty dumb fucking shitty idea. Um, so... Uh, I think when there was a social media post, it may have even been by Marine Discovery Center. Um, it was by somebody. I reposted it and it was like, dumbest idea ever on the podcast stories. So uh, somebody saw that and was like, oh, time to argue about this. So they sent uh, you know, DM. Asking why it was such a dumb idea, you know, like, uh, yeah. let's let's talk about this. It works for trout, duh. Um, mm-hmm. So, honestly, that conversation. When I say conversation, it was a, a, a back and forth in um, direct messaging. He actually was open minded, yeah, understood, um, and you know, I just it laid cool. it out like as cordially as possible that. You know, we the reasons why we don't think it's a good idea. Basically, it's a poor management practice. Um, you know, you're ultimately going to turn this place into a put and take fishery, which he didn't even understand what a put and take fishery was. So we ex- uh, that was explained, and just the overall, you know, if you don't clean up the environment and you just start focusing on fishing being the metric. Of, you know, is it is it a good estuary because there's plenty of fish? Well, you can pour a bunch of fish in there and go, oh, man, this is a great estuary versus actually doing the hard work of cleaning it up. Then, you know, that's why we kind of are against it. So long story short, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we have started down the slippery slope, apparently, of creating... Uh, so a put and take fishery here in Mosquito Lagoon, and I actually just you know chipping away at the corners of how absurd it is. Are they going to clip fins like, say, oh, I don't, like trout so you can know? Oh, I don't know. Is this a hmm. stalker? Uh, well, they. No. I've heard that the fish that are being used are from the Cocoa Beach area. Okay, so on a hell of a trip. Oh, yeah, geez. so. Um, and I've always been told I don't like to use the word genetically different, but genetically unique. GMO are the <laughs> no. fish that actually live in the lagoon and breed in the lagoon. They're are genetically unique. Yeah, there's like some kind of genetic marker yeah. in there that delineate them different than the ocean traveling fish. Right. Yeah. But um, so now we're mixing in these other fish. No, oh, but um, riffraff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Mark, mm-hmm. um, I hate to volunteer you for stuff, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Mark will be leading a fly tying class sometime uh, in the spring of 2023. Yeah. Um, on 
the best pellet flies that oh, yes. uh, you can use for hatchery redfish here in Mosquito Lagoon. Uh, hatchery redfish, uh, well, you catfish. Got your, your two different color sizes. You got your, your floating pellets and your sinking pellets. Uh, you got the dark brown and the light yeah. brown. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with compression rate. You can also use kern. They like the kern. Get it in the can and just oh. throw you a little little stinky hook in there. If you cast out a handful of it, you there ain't got to go. call it chumming. you just pre-feeding. That's right. You hold it in your hand. So They'll swim right up and grab it. Where was the release location? Uh, I think right there in that restored marsh area. I think they just backed up right there next to the kayak building and whoosh, those. Got the big eight-inch hose out and shot him right out there. <laughs> Welcome to the world, suckers. <laughs> Uncle snook. Uncle Eddie just fucking flushed. Oh, snook ate good that night. Look, they don't call Holy him fat snook crap, for no reason. Hey, it'll it will do wonders for the snook population. I'll tell you. What. Oh, yeah. It is like the because uh, from there, where do they have to go? Well, what I was laughing about, what I was laughing about, is the fact that they chose the campus as the place to do it. And by virtue of where they chose, they were a quarter mile. Those poor little bastards started their life a quarter of a mile north of the fucking safe zone. So they've got to make it south of the South Bridge to get to the fucking catch and release only area. So if they live and grow up up where they were released and they're caught, Fair game, baby. They get to get skinned alive. Nice. And put into the fucking grease release. Released in butter. That's right. So, So, I mean, it's just like nobody, like, okay, if you're trying to enhance the population, number one, I don't agree with that. But number two, if you're going to do it, fucking maximize your benefit and put them in the area that's got the temporary catch and release only. So at least from a human standpoint, which I know these fish are only fingerlings, but... Within right. a year or two, they're going to be of the size where people are going to start taking them home. Because oh. if I'm going fishing, I got to be able to feed my family. I know there's people that are probably taking them home now. You got to you got to <laughs> make a little soup. <laughs> you got to get fish sticks from somewhere, boys. Uh, <laughs> so I just deep fry them whole and crunch the heads off. That's mm-hmm. right. Just like a crawfish, suck so, the head. <laughs> here, right, here's, just because something works gross. somewhere else doesn't mean right. it's going to yeah, work. The differences between a trout's environment and a redfish's environment are so stark, it's unbelievable. Right. Oh, yeah. From the amount of predators to the uh, amount of prey that they eat, because they are predatory fish, mm-hmm. to there's a, a whole host of factors that make this kind of just a silly Band-Aid that... Isn't going to work. And let's say they do make it to adulthood, or a majority of them do. Great. Now you have an overabundance of predators, and you're going to eat all the bait. God, I'm just thinking about the pelican swooping in with that scrot neck and <laughs> scooping up about scrot neck. <laughs> it was scooping up about five. You know what it reminds me of? Did you see? I want to say it's like five years ago. There was a Shark Week commercial. Where they were releasing Happy the Seal off the pier. Oh, and no. it was a great day. It shows the lady on like basically Santa Monica Pier talking about it, and they're lowering the seal back into the water, like, and all of a sudden the shark like jumps a, up, dr- snags it's like it's a pinata. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> in that's a cage. A little bit how I feel about this. Oh yeah, and 
and I'm not against it for that reason. I'm against it because you're not taking care of the problem. Mm-hmm. If if you're going to, you're just trying to force the result you want. Yeah, uh, I just, tourism money. I don't even think it's that because you know, according to some major sunglass brands out there, we're an inlet fishery here. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, deep water. Well, offshore is right there. So let's uh, let's look at taking a break, and uh, when we come back, we will. Uh, talk about uh, a few more things including our we've t- we're kind of wrapping up we've got one more item in our uh, Instagram uh, review and then we're going to move into uh, our uh, review of a couple of the latest finds that we've had on YouTube so uh, keep hanging out with us we'll be right back we gotta take care of a couple things I have traveled such a distance Just to see you smile what's on your face And I have traveled far and wide And I have died and lived alone through time and space And the most familiar happiness I've ever known is here with me again Inside my home, this rolling stone has found a rock to call his friend. And if you wonder where my heart is, when I'm out on the road, Lord, it's right at home, I left it home, just for you to hold. And if you wonder how I'm doing, know that I am doing fine, but I wish I was in Virginia. Oh, mercy. <laughs> oh, Man, we're back. Never had a baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, if you could only be in the Taylor Park during breaks. Um, I hope we're as funny as we think we are. We are. Uh, we're funny to each other, and that's what matters. That's what matters. Oh, that's right. So um, anybody else want to take this uh, blatantly honest kind of? Um, oh, yeah. I, when I saw this, I was like, holy shit, shots fired. Well, I mean, you know, they've always done something to stand out, whether it be do everything they make in obscure... Neon colors. Unattractive colors. Um, so the only problem I had was one big word. I had to Google it because I couldn't even pronounce it. Interspersed. Interspersed. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Mixed oh, within. Mixed with. Sprinkled in. <laughs> mixed within. So it's not a solid carbon fiber right, just a uh, bit. drag disc. It's Sprinkled. simply interspersed. Right. A little here, a little there. Makes it sound fancy. Yeah. Um, but the, the lead in. special. Don't get ripped off by the big boys. That's right. Cheeky. Cheeky fishing. That's cheeky. Real cheeky of you, mate. You know, and I can't comment on one because I've never held one in my hand. I think I've picked one up, but I've never used one. So I don't... I just know I don't like their colors. Well, (laughs) again, me... And it's not sexy looking. Being me, 
I look at that and I say, okay, big stones for, uh, you know, mm-hmm. calling out the big guys. Sure. Uh, it's kind of like the big boys of, of uh, conservation. You know, mm-hmm. they they suck the oxygen out of the room. Uh, it's more about the party than the good that can be done because they, they don't even take a second to be a little bit analytical about how do we maximize what we take in and actually get to the front lines of conservation. You've got these guys are looking at how do we go against the big guys in the sport and they're like, fuck it, let's call them out, which I actually admire. Okay, you're going to call out the big boys, okay? Don't get ripped off by the big guys. Um, Cheeky Reels delivers the performance of a smooth disc drag with interspersed carbon fiber, and I'd have to hit Seymour to do that, but I didn't. But the disconnect of this sponsored ad they're in a drift boat at night as the moon is rising mm-hmm. in a river that's <laughs> 35 yards wide. Yeah. Does the drag really matter with trout? <laughs> Not particularly. No. Um, so, like, at least whoever was responsible for putting that together, you were off to such a great fucking start. But that's the one where you have... The permit or the tarpon yeah, photo. Yeah. yeah, or the bonefish. Not the tranquil, um, idyllic scene from somewhere in Montana or Wyoming. So, the other thing besides the big words that got me was... Trout set. <laughs> was don't be ripped off by the big boys. Well, the big boy that I like to be used is 100% made in America by Americans... You know, maybe sourced elsewhere. Right. But, you know, you pay for what you get. If I want... Chinesium. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <Like>, Chinesium. <laughs> everybody is, that that metal, is that that new metal that you're making those reels <laughs> with? Chinesium? Listen, you can anodize nothing. Anything, yeah. right? Chinesium alloy. I understand, you know, some people that's... You can't have the big boys, so you got to. But listen, if you're balling on a budget, the reel is the last thing you need to spend money on. Right. That being said, but if you have it, but you don't even if you just need the drag. I have admiration for um, Reddington. Mm -hmm. I do. Yep. From this standpoint, they own it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. They target a very specific portion of the market. Being the younger crowd, um, entry-level anglers, and not so much just entry-level angler, but entry-level younger angler Mm -hmm. from the standpoint they don't have as much disposable income Mm -hmm. typically uh, as someone that's, you know, well into their career and has taken up this sport, this pastime that has a higher degree of disposable income that may look at, I'm going to make a real purchase that's going to last me forever versus what real can I afford? Right now, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if Cheeky 
were to embrace the same space as Reddington, I think they would probably do well to do that and just say, hey, you know, we're an affordable option that's of quality enough that you're not going to get let down. We're not cast aluminum. We're, you know, milled from bar stock. We're sourced from overseas. We've got, you know, we're a lot like all of the other, you know, drags out there. We're of, of a decent quality, and we're at a price point that, you know, you younger, more hip kids might like our color schemes, et cetera, et cetera. I think they kind of just have missed their calling, mm-hmm. personally. So on their website, and I just, there's multiple models. I pulled up the Limitless. Uh, let's say anywhere from 350 to $500. For okay. Their so their, their price point's higher than I anticipated. It, it, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, which, go to, go to one of the other models. I, I don't think that's their lower end. Uh, okay. I think they have some that are a little bit more affordable. Hold on. Because they, they, they also did like a number system thing. Preloaded. Well, they have a three-pack. Like you buy the reel and you get three. Okay, so this one is 100 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the nice thing that, that Reddington has is that they're also owned by Farbank, who also owns Sage. So there's a little bit of Big Brother saying, stay in your lane, you know, but also stay true to the audience that you Right. Hold. Well, I think it's, you know, the idea, it's the Bronco Sport versus the full-size Bronco. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Kayla was given a Bronco Sport mm-hmm. because Frank Smethers, who's in his early 50s, probably has a little bit fatter bankroll. And <laughs> outside of being given their Ford trucks, if they went to the dealership, Frank would be looking at the full size from a financial standpoint. And mm-hmm. Kayla, oh, yeah. if she even went, might look at the sure. Sport. So they gave her the Sport and him the the full size so that potentially one of us would see it and go ma'am it's kind of like the look of that yeah. it's it's capable they're having fun in it that'll be my new skiff mule or you know that's what I'm going to take to go to the river or whatever sure um so the the marketing folks at Ford were smart about that they were mm-hmm. like okay Kayla's on the lower end of the age range um probably isn't as financially, you know, nimble um, at her age as Frank would be. So we're going to give Frank the expensive model, her the more attainable first vehicle, second vehicle, Sure. you know, so. Yeah, no. I think Cheyenne Orvis got the. uh, Full. She got a full. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't follow her, so I, I had no idea. I just knew that she was one of the. So they have a Ford price, folks. A price point for everyone, whether it's the hundred dollar reel or the five hundred. There's something but even for still, everyone. I mean, five hundred in the real market is can, can a, be mid range. A, a blank f- able super for five. No, I 
I get that. Thing. I'm just saying that there are thousand dollar oh, yeah, fly yeah, reels yeah. out oh, there. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. no, I mean they cover it all. They're not right. saying okay. like, we're the cheapest. Well, but. when they first came out, they certainly were because um, I know that I was actually very surprised when Nick was offering cheeky reels mm-hmm. at his shop when he opened because traditionally cheeky was not a reel that you bought from a retailer right you could um, buy it you you bought it directly from, the from them mm-hmm. um i don't know whether that was just they weren't welcomed into fly shop so much or that that was just their initial marketing plan was direct to consumer um, so I never really knew that much about them, never have had much knowledge. And I've just never been a big fan yeah. of their color schemes. Right there in the About so. Us, as uh, Cheeky Fishing comes of age, utilizing the popularity of social media, Cheeky Fly Fishing was able to connect to a growing youthful angling movement. There you go. But no, I I like the post that they just missed with the, the photo. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. think, I think there's an opening in the market for a younger brand yeah. focused and they cover it company like to I come said, i mean 100 to 5 reddington's gonna be hard to beat in that market though right reddington is echo echoes in there yeah yep. yeah though echo legacy wise you know is probably you know serves both markets pretty well mm-hmm. they're one of the ones that crosses over pretty well um Did you put temple fork in that range too uh tfo is definitely uh Middle upper it, uh, rods. Anyway, I always and forever will think of Echo, or of TFO as a value slash entry level brand. Okay. I know they've grown beyond that. They're kind of upper entry. You know, maybe they are now. Yeah, but like I remember when they first came on the market, it was the uh, um, Lefty Cray Pro model. Mm-hmm. It was like super affordable, um, and, and you know since then. You know, like even like Flip did the Mangrove mm-hmm. model with them. It tanked and didn't do very well because it was just looked upon and looked at as a cheap Korean rod mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time. And they they stuck with it. Rick Pope has always done, you know, just leaned into the fucking wheel and kept his nose to the grindstone. Um, they yeah. branched out. I think TFO now does conventional tackle rods mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, his model at first was definitely fly fishing, and then he realized that, uh, you know, it's a small fucking pool. N- pool. Yeah. And people don't buy new rods all the damn time. Contrary to popular belief. Right. So... Ultimately, he diversified, and, you know, I think their price point has gone up over time. I think they realized the error of trying to be the cheap guy mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to sell a hell of a lot of fucking $150 rods. To break. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. But, you know, if you can sex it up a little bit, um, hey. you sell less rods but make more profit, and that's kind of the model that they've shifted to. Um, tip sure. of the cap to them. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't. Last time I bought a new rod was a while ago. 
I think my newest mm. rod is the I Maverick. Think mine's the Maverick. The Maverick. And that's when it came out shortly thereafter. I bought a yeah. new blank, I think, last. I think I bought a fiberglass blank. Oh. Because I'm one of those fiberglass nerds. Nerd. I think the last new rod I bought, and I got it half off. <laughs> I bought a used rod the other month off a of buddy. There you go. Was I'm talking like Everybody from wins. a shop. Was when I first discovered fly fishing after dark on oh. a road trip from Missouri oh. to El Paso. And over. good God, what did we talk you yeah, into? Yeah, what did you get talked into? I bought a sage party zephyr. No, no, At it's that one of their middle the, of the road rods. The it was like four fifty before the Maverick. The approach, the sage igniter. approach. Hmm. And it's a I nine weight, approach. and I got it because I was ending that trip in Louisiana, and I didn't. I just needed a quick, easy rod, and I had a behemoth with me with a seven weight mm-hmm. line. Or somehow I had a behemoth with me. I bought it at a different shop. Didn't have a line on it yet, so I put backing on it and nine weight line. Bought this nine weight for like two twenty five. On there for sale because the guy's like, dude, we, we use it for. I bought it in Missouri, so we use it for carp occasionally. But it's it's sat here a while, huh. um, and I think that's the last new rod I bought off a shelf. Well, I don't even remember that model of sage. It's a, it's it's like a silver blank. I've been throwing it a lot lately and oh, really gosh. enjoying it. Yeah, hmm. it's a little bit. It's not like as fast of action as some of their newer stuff. It's probably a little bit more like the Maverick, even though I think that's still reasonably fast. Um, I'll probably have it next time we fish. That's when you got to get out there. Fast. I like it because the line I have on it loads really rapidly, and I can pretty much take one false cast and send it 50 feet pretty easily. So my favorite sage... Is one that is owned by Larry. Oh, the yep, the largemouth <laughs> bass too, yep. baby. Nope, this is the the OG bass. The OG bass, not the two. Yeah. All right. My favorite rod I ever cast was the G Loomis Shorty Stick. Oh, let me introduce six, you seven. to. Uh, or no, maybe it was the eight nine. Little, I little, think that bass little. was the first sage I ever owned. And I because it was like a deal. You got the the rod and the line. Well, I I got it. A buddy of mine was a guide up in North Carolina. Um, fish uh, floated the Davidson a lot mm-hmm. and floated uh, the Watauga and the South mm-hmm. Holston as a guide when he was in college. And uh, he, he was able to get me the old hookup. And that was the first sage that I was like, ooh, I need that. I want that. And I was using it on the lake um, there in Castleberry to put mm-hmm. big bass bugs like in holes in the yeah. lily pads and so, stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. It we does used that to good. Use, I want to say it was, it was probably the bass, too. Okay. Um, to weigh docks because it was really good for turning over a good fly in like that short, small pocket or something tight. What is what? What the difference is between the, the original bass taper and the bass two? I don't know. Or did they just paint the blank a different color? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> they I, painted it. I think now is that the payloads they're like third gen of that. Maybe I'm making that up. I think I the, the payload's supposed to be there. 
when I went and did the thing with Mike up in Wisconsin, the guide had uh, a bass in his skiff. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Drift? Jet John Drifter. But uh, I was like, I see what you got down there. Mind if I? Oh, you know. Oh, oh, oh I know. Are you sure you're qualified <laughs> to handle this weapon? Yeah, that's what it was like. Is how do you know? Not not very many people know this. An old guy. He's like, sure, go for it. Let me just tell you. He didn't finish his sentence. Also, like the it's it's got just like a real retro look to mm-hmm. it, and that that's like the first eye catcher of it. The only thing I don't like about that rod is very fucking dainty um, cork handle cork? on it. Very small caliber. It's for the so it's not great a smaller handed. Yeah, it's well, or it's there. like the the different what's the you've got the, the full wells grip. Full it's wells, like it's got the. Scar. Oh, is it got a, a half, cigar is type? It a, is it a half well? No, it's just really like the. Oh, okay. di- it's like it's a weird. small diameter. Gotcha. Like a you know wells, half wells, reverse wells, all that bullshit <laughs> aside, <laughs> it's just really fucking narrow. Mm. It has no girth. <laughs> I want the girth. It's got to feel you mm-hmm. know solid in your hand. That's right. Um, Make me feel better. About I think things. somebody else did the next note that we've got. Oh. So, somebody want to take a me. look? Um, I know it was you because Mark and I you. didn't realize we could add notes, even though the instructions yeah. were crystal clear. On I was that. trying to just figure it gonna, out. Just gonna uh, throw that out there. <laughs> well, we're special sometimes. What do you so, want? because I've had the, I'll say the opportunity. I have fished with a couple new people lately. Um, one of them being, uh, I guess, my uncle-in-law, um, who's not a fly fisherman. Um, but on a family outing, the options were tow a skiff and escape for a little bit or sit in a room with a bunch of people for hours. So I chose the skiff option knowing that this was not going to be like a successful day on the water his as far as yours. my skiff. Okay. He's got an aluminum like Lund. Um <gasps> so I like I knew that I knew it was one person's going to pull, the other person's going to spin in circles. I knew that going into it. So my oh, framework yeah. was right, but I was like, dude, I'd rather be outside in sunshine than in a room with 20 people. Yep. So even going into it knowing you're going to ride the struggle bus, you're not going to see anything. It's still a little bit of a frustrating day to the point where you're where like... Where did you guys fish? Uh, Palm Coast. Okay. Um, launch... Which coast is that? That's north of... It's north of Oregon. here, south of St. Augustine. Okay. I can't remember the bridge we launched off of. State Road 100? Yes. But so that was Flagler and then you kind of went north? maybe. Mooney Park? I don't know. I went... Went off 100 and went south. Okay. Um, so back towards High Bridge. Yes, but not... Super far. Not quite deep into High Bridge. Like, not in the Bulow Creek High Bridge area, but okay. just north of that. Okay. Um, didn't see any real fish, really. Um, super... Did you see any apparitions of fish? 
Aberrations. Uh, some hallucinations of fish, maybe. Um, no aboriginals. Um, the <laughs> no native species. Um, no golden trout. No golden trout. But they um, hallucinations. It was also right after Ian, so like water was still real high, murky, nasty, like we're dealing with now. And then fishing with. Nathan down in Melbourne a couple times, and he knows how to pull a skiff, knows the game, but it's still not the familiarity you're used to. We're like, if I can get on a skiff with you, you know what distance off the shoreline I can cast to, so you keep the boat in that range. You like you play to your strengths. I know like most of the people I fish with in Melbourne can't cast as far as you, so I'm a little bit closer to the trees where I've had to learn with you. You come out a little bit because you can... You can see him away, and we can tweak and make that shot. Um, and fishing with new people, even if they're fun and someone you enjoy being around, it kind of sucks a little bit. You're not with your buddies. You're not in the groove. You don't know the system. Like, you're, you're out of the rhythm that you're with. I have a counterpoint to that. Okay. Because I've, I've fished with some people, and... It clicked right away. Agreed. You know, so, yes, fishing with your buddies is always the best. But fishing with new people also offers you a new perspective and allows you to gel with different types of anglers. Gives you the opportunity to gel. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Because. What did I say? Option? No, you said, like, it, it. allows you to gel oh gives you the opportunity because i've gotten no there's there's plenty of times where it doesn't gel and you know because i've gotten oh look look at the time (laughs) yeah i forgot i gotta get a root canal i've gotten super stingy with the skiff invite typically obviously with my uncle is a different scenario but i don't just be like yeah dude let's go fish sometime during the dinghy derby, I had several of, uh, I call them the youngster crew, mm-hmm. um, you know, up in New Smyrna Beach that um, listen to the show that I follow on Instagram. They look like they get it. Like they, you know, when I, when, and when I say get it, like having fun mm-hmm. seems to be the primary goal that they have when they're right. out. And they also seem to be pretty fishy. And a few of them, as they were, you know, cycling through, they're like, "Dude, we got to fish sometime." And I'm like, "Fucking hey, been waiting on that invite. Yeah, right. hell, let's do it." Because you know, I wasn't about to invite them because it'd be like the weird old guy at the fucking club, yeah, <laughs> trying to talk to the youngsters. You know, it'd be like, "Dude, that creepy old guy talked to you too." <laughs> so, um, I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm afforded the opportunity and it wasn't just but, uh, something to say on the sandbar. But like, th- and I'm not talking about that crowd though. Cause like I'm with you. I think that crowd gets it, but some people don't get it, man. I don't know if I want to be stuck on a boat with them for that long. Well, you know, I'm with Jameson. I mean, I think sometimes you have to, you know, give folks a chance Yeah, and it's not always going to click or gel the first time out. But sometimes you got to go on some first dates and yeah, just never sometimes text you gotta, back. You know, yeah. you know, one of the good things about a brain injury every thirty minutes, it's a new adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh, you're still here. 
What up? What's going on? Anywho. Mark um, <laughs> seems to cycle through like he's a. Oh, bin- Mark's got plenty of. He's he, he's a he's a binge angler. Like what's okay. that um, <laughs> Like lately, unless your name's Quentin, you're not going fishing with Mark. Um, and I. And then he'll he'll fish with Ben a bunch. Yeah. And then you know it's just like he gets in a little groove, gets in his little happy place. Location, location, location. Um, Availability is probably a big one too. Flies, because Larry's like swamped <laughs> all the time. Yeah, flies. I'm so busy. I know. Flies, free flies. You're a fly tire, though. Like, Spe- okay. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of free flies in your. Binging of fishing with Quentin, uh-huh. did you clear up the mess that this one made and let him know that we do fish the flies he sends into the show? Oh yeah, and they okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't want yeah. that gravy train to dry up. Those are sexy flies. Well, I just so you know, even though our our group messaging usually kicks off about five a.m. Um, ben. <laughs> Look, my thought process is that it's your fault for not putting your phone on Do Not Disturb or Silent. Oh, it's on Silent, but it's like, holy shit, what did I miss? Hold on, let me... 26, 27 messages. Oh, oh yeah. The, if if oh, you're not no. on by like 7, 38 o'clock, you're behind. So, but... To clarify, what I typically do before I send one is I go on Instagram and I check when Salt Bum was last active. And if it's within <laughs> before midnight, I'm like, okay, Larry's up. Fucking send it. Fair enough. Mine is... Oh, well, he is the only one of it. Not during the week. Reminder, reminder to self. <laughs> Turn off the ability to see whether I'm active or not. <laughs> I have no excuse because he ben is the Pickett. one available during the week. It is it is not a short drive between you two, but you should hang out. Well, yeah, he wasn't allowed to drive that far. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a <laughs> good one. It's well, a, it's all, it's all Shannon's like, fault. The case in point about it being a longer drive, like. Well, you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to say all that so that Jameson didn't feel alone. I get it. When it came to like you know not getting the invite, he still hasn't got the invite on the Nomad yet. All right. No, there's been a couple times. It's it's I've, a time thing. I've been on it twice. It's a time. Have you? Yeah, I think I've been on Wild Boat more times. Oh. Well, and and like Wilds even said, he's like, dude, you live far away. He's like, yeah. He goes, I've driven to Larry's house from my house, and it's not that bad. But that extra hour and 15 minutes yeah. to get to Melbourne sucks. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude, it does. And that's that's the hard thing during the week, because we usually want to kick off 8.30, 9-ish. And then I usually have about till 12.30, 1 o'clock. In case something was to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh to get the little one, and it's like, man, that's a long drive just to come down and maybe, maybe see a fish. I know. 
Like, if my backyard was as cool as this one, well, I'm, I'm all for And it's like, God, this is... Mm. Or, you know, we could go down by Ben's, but... But by the, the flip side is, like, from you, by the time you get to me and we put in the water, you may as well have come up here. Fuck, you're not helping, Ben. No, it's like you're halfway <laughs> between the two, and this is at least pretty and not a... Well, a half, a half of... What was her name? Jane's Dock or whatever? Who? Who? What was that big debacle like a year ago with ladies stomping on the dock and everyone was getting mad? Oh, because, yeah. But yeah, the yeah. point is, like, down by me, everyone's always like, dude, the fishing's so good here. First off, it's not so good there, but it's better than here. But it's a mile and a half wide of everyone's docks and mansions, and I don't want to look at that. Do you think yeah. the fishing in Melbourne's better than the fishing up here? I think you can catch more fish down in Melbourne. I, I'm just full disclosure. Oh, shots fucking fired! No, I, no. It's, I'm, what I'm <laughs> and James. What I'm saying as of late is I, I have pulled more shorelines for reds up here and not seen them. And I, I understand I don't have the time and know exactly what I'm looking for, but I can pretty damn well find fish and get shots down south pretty regularly, pretty consistently. I call that the home field advantage. Agreed. So I think I can do better in Melbourne, like, per my time. Well, the one time I drove down and went fishing with you. Yeah, it sucked. It was one time. It was fucking, like... um, Africa hot? Dude, he's taking me to the X, Y, and Z spot because we haven't seen shit. (laughs) So to hear you blurt out, and I mean, the fishing's way better down there, I'm thinking... Wow. I mean, okay. You, you, you didn't take them to the spots you took me with all those fish? Damn, son. Apparently. I mean, I, I know I didn't ask to be taking tarpon fishing. Oh, see. I've that's never okay. claimed that. Never, I've never claimed that. I've never claimed that. <laughs> no, but typically where I fish down by me is more the Grant Sebastian range than where you and I fished. Oh, so you didn't even take me to the good area. I took you to... Fuck, fuck you. Fuck, I, I took you digging. to I Melbourne. I want a shovel. Yeah, or, no, I will... Th- I will th- if there's anything we've learned about the genuineness of this podcast is I will throw myself under the bus and finish the thought. Oh, that bitch came back and ran over you in reverse. Exactly. <laughs> if if um, it's any consolation, it's 45 minutes for me to get to River Breeze every time. Oh, so it's about 40 minutes for me. Hmm. At, that's at the... the Best. That's no issues. Right. Yeah, it's, it lights. It's right. an hour and two minutes for me to get to River Breeze with zero issues. Right. But River Breeze is the closest fishable area for me to fish in the salt water. Okay. Just saying. I, uh, Actually, if you. I, I you take could that launch back. A new yes, Smyrna I could launch a new Smyrna. For 20 bucks. For 20 bucks. Moral of the story, oh, folks. Yeah. Find friends who like to fish with you. <laughs> And, and apparently, don't <laughs> go with Ben. Um, the Mark won't invite you. But yeah. and this, the <laughs> shitty part is, I was doing all this to boat. say. Well, I told the people, those people like, dude, you can catch more fish in Melbourne. I was like, yeah, but it's ugly. I would rather go to the lagoon and get skunked. Yeah, but you and agreed. I can. I'm allowed to have two opinions. One saying I agree, I can catch more fish okay, here. Kamala, and that no. no. <laughs> All I said was, on, I can catch more fish here, but I would rather travel up here an hour, get skunked, 
and be in nature with birds and wildlife than I, you know I. That's I what I tried to say. Is maybe, what I started at. I mean, I just I'm having difficulty believing what you're saying. I mean, I hear I what you're I hear what you're selling, but I'm not right. buying. Okay, that's fine because you don't have to buy it. You know. Whether it's... I don't see your skiff up here very much. Well, I don't see on on our text, group text. Uh-huh. I don't see on social media. And maybe you're just a really private guy <laughs> that doesn't share pictures of all these fucking boatloads of fish that you catch down there. Because I don't. The... <laughs> Well, hold on whoa, then. Whoa, whoa. I thought you said. I thought you said fish. there's way more fish to be caught, and it's like time. Caught it's like fucking easy down there. Have you They're seen fucking my house? Jumping into the fucking boat. I never said that. <laughs> I never claimed come, that. I think the home remodeling is. Just I a, have as a front. You take this picture <laughs> you pulled off the internet, and you are out fishing with all his other friends. Yeah, catching all mm-hmm. the fish. And then it's like, oh, first I had, off, had I think it's day. very generous of you to assume I have friends outside of this group. Um, <laughs> Your topic was fishing with other people. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say fish with other friends, motherfucker. Okay. Um, no, I have been very busy with home remodeling. And I just didn't invite you. <laughs> so I have not gotten to fish like I would like. I don't know. If I lived somewhere where the fishing was that good, I'd be going all the yeah, time. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I should. I will remedy this situation. <laughs> I do have my fingers crossed. Water was looking better prior to the storm. Yeah. Water well, through the storm. Pushing out. Not cleaner, but it was looking better. The sediment was dropping, so uh-huh. hopefully, you know, the fish... It's got more water to drop ...will stop floating and start swimming yeah. because there's more oxygen. There you go. That was a response directly from FWC based on one of my things from them. There's low oxygen levels. It's to be expected. Oh, okay. Oh, you're talking about the fish kill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a summertime thing. Do you want to... I don't know. The next one's should... yours too, right? Uh, I think we can skip it. No, okay. no. I, I want to I hear about this. No, seriously. Because we... we oh, first one went so sorry. well. So, okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Impulse purchase. I was in Los, and they had on Los. the Los Lose. Los. And I need to go to Los. They had in the pro desk section. They had marked down Stanley Poor. When you walk in there, the no, sir, sir, this is your area over here, and they pull you over to the pro area. What is the pro area? Like I didn't even know like, that. Where is that? So, in my melt, <laughs> in my lows, I park under the overhang uh-huh. that says pro parking, um, and I walk in. Here's how bad it is. I walk in, even if it's Monday through Friday. Miss Mary will oh, wow. open the Lowe's door and say, "Well, hello, young man. How are you? Did you see our new Milwaukee? They don't sell Milwaukee at Lowe's. It's a Home Depot thing, but." She will say, are you getting more two-by-threes today, or are we getting PT? Because I've been in there enough, she knows if it's if I'm making a work purchase, it's two-by-threes, and if it's home repair, it's probably pressure-treated. And we have had 
some of the most fun conversations and like little jokes back and forth about stuff. So there is, I don't know if you say young man would be on a first name basis, but they like, they, she recognized, she recognized me and it's because I always bring the cart back. So if I get a lumber cart, I load my truck and I walk the lumber cart exactly where I got it back in the lumber section. I don't leave it in the parking lot. Mm. And so I always get a thank you from the entire management staff on a pretty regular basis. So they kind of know me. All right. Um, so, so they had a Stanley pour over. And this, okay. So I'm, I'm reading your note. Yes. A Stanley pour over set. Yes. Um, Set meaning it came with the pour-over apparatus with a built-in filter, so you don't have to like change paper filters. It's got like a cylinder, and then a Stanley mug that goes under it. So you pour coffee grounds in the pour-over section. Okay. Wet it out with coffee. Let it like bloom for twenty seconds, whatever. Nerd, and then <laughs> fill it up with water, and it'll just steep itself through. And by the time the water runs through, you've got a cup of coffee. Oh, okay. So it was on sale. I was like, I think they're normally like 30 bucks. It was on sale for like 18 and I was like, fuck it. We're going to try it. Camping season's coming up. Let's see what we got. Um, and I tried it the other day. What size coffee cup is it geared towards? Uh, smaller, like regular. Ooh, J- Jameson's saying like a fucking espresso shot. No, like, uh, was it eight ounce maybe? No, it's probably 12 to six. Maybe it's 14 ounce. Okay. About a 12, 12 okay. ounce cup. Um, 350 milliliters um, of coffee for Ted. Um, oh. <laughs> and you, yeah, you just put it, it's, you just pour it over? Yeah, you just pour it over, let it gravity do its thing, and, and you're it, good to go. And I, cause I thought, like, and I know we, but is this gonna look as cool as like a French press on social media when oh, we go camping? It'll look cooler. This is it'll gonna take be twice as long. Okay. I bet it's about the same amount of time as a French press. We'll time it. Okay. To make as much as a French press makes. Cause no, a French I, oh, I never said that. One I French, said to finish. <laughs> one French press will get coffee for the entire table. Oh, yeah. One cup. I, I personally want to find one of those percolators. Percolators. Because, we, you know, that's how we did it on our Alaska trip on yes. top of the wood stove, but you could easily put it just on the coals on right. the fire. And yeah. I was going to say, I know we've amended how we're going to do coffee in the future on our trips with the percolator. What? Well, I mean, we don't have to. I just, I thought it was right. very campish. I'm just going to plug the uh, Keurig into the skiff <laughs> <laughs> with your Boca lounger. But it came with a nice little Stanley mug. I was like, perfect. Another aluminum double walled mugs. So we've got some coffee. For a little camp box, and I am a big fan of the pour over. I okay. liked it. I dig it. Fun Got way to do it. I've More never flavor. had pour over. It does. I di- listen. I will take a cup. Okay. Whenever you want to so make. So it's it like for Folgers freeze dried, pretty much. Oh no, we'll you bring we'll bring water. good good so grounds. Speaking of Folgers freeze dried, the other day I woke up. Have you ever chewed it? Yeah, hmm. the, the instant coffee lipper. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I oh, don't yeah, remember like. what day it was. Post Nicole, I got up oh, I to make <laughs> coffee. Opened the jar and was like, "Tea boy, fuck! How did I run out?" Right? Because I bought three packs from Win Dixie of Founding Fathers Brew. It was pretty dope, and I thought I had another pack in there. I did not. I would not have said anything. 
But you threw it out there. Oh, I just had tea instead. I had to. I needed caffeine. Okay, Grandma. <laughs> so I had this thing, and my next thought was, there's some Folgers Instant in the cabinet. So I went to go get it, and I opened it, and it had white fuzz <laughs> growing all over the Folgers Instant. Hey. So that was out. Oh, gross. So I threw it away. Hmm. All right, so, mm-hmm. Jameson, you're saying it's getting a little into your witching hour? Yeah. Do you have time that we can do the at least one YouTube review before you head out? Maybe. I mean, if you really got to go, you got to go. There. It's I'm time. Cued. You got to go? Yes, I'm all right. Yeah, the, the pumpkin's turning. Okay. I was cute. Okay. Okay. Huh? Mm-hmm. We can't... Do we just... Tease it for, for yeah, YouTube. You guys just go. And we just say this is what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you got to go, you got to go. Um, we don't want you to get in trouble. Nerd. Don't yeah. worry. I, I will I will fast <laughs> forward till this point in the episode and listen to all the shit you guys talk about me. <laughs> we baby Jameson. <laughs> I made a commitment. I stand by my commitment. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Okay. Um, like all right. Well, so... The next item that we uh, feel like uh, we would like to take a shot at is uh, we recently came across a new video mm-hmm. uh, just recently released um, by the fine folks over at Costa that explores um, redfish and how they're America's game fish. And yeah. we're going. We we've already previewed mm-hmm. this film, and uh, we're gonna watch it again. Uh, you'll probably just hear the audio. Audio. Um, and uh, we're gonna stop it along the way. Just uh, if there's things that we find of interest, of amusement, of amazement. Mm-hmm. And with that said, Mark, go ahead. All right, here Let's, we go. Uh, This is for educational purposes. It's a review under fair use practices. Of all the saltwater game fish that call our coastal waters home, few have garnered the cult following within the angling community like that of the redfish. This species goes by many names. Spot tail, red drum, redfish. Channel bass. Regardless of what you call them. Puppy drum. These sons of bitches can flourish just about any. (laughs) So they're so prolific that they have a cult following. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Where? Everywhere. From deep inlets of the Atlantic. That's how we do it in the Seventh Ward, you heard me? Down the to the shallow flats of the Laguna Madre. Redfish have adapted to not only survive, but thrive. This past year, we set out on a coastal road trip to try to truly characterize the poster child of America's inshore fisheries. Redfish. 
Trust Morgan and Morgan for the people.com. I don't have YouTube premium. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. No. I wasn't either. All right, so we open up with the uh, Chesapeake Bay there. In my opinion, the Chesapeake is unique for its diversity of species. Um, you know, cobia, stripers, reds, just all the super predators show up here. Super predators. To me, that's shark, whale. Megalodon. Yeah. Yeah. Cobia... I mean, they are predator. I wouldn't call them super. Right. right? Okay. Yeah. Man, I got people coming in from all over the country. They don't want to catch them. Like I say, most people don't look at Virginia as being a stronghold for trophy-sized redfish. It's like I say, it's kind of one of those hidden gems we have up here. So typically, they start the day off and um, try to locate some rays. The unique thing about this time of year is that it is all in the same area, so you always have a chance of looking to the side, and there's a full field of uh, gold that makes everybody's day for sure. For me, uh, redfish, not only do they eat well, but they, they fight un unbelievably hard. They pull really hard. I mean, they do everything we want a game fish to do. Um, they make three or four big runs. They, they, they don't want to come in very easily. They stay deep a lot of times, and they bulldog you all the way in. And even when you're trying to get into the net, you know, you get them up near the surface, and they see the boat or whatever, and they'll take off again. Yeah! Point of order. Thanks, Jason. Ah. Y'all quit fucking catching redfish with nets. You know, I'm prepared to say pass on that, like, you know, they're in a bigger boat, bigger high boat, gunnel, yeah. big fish. Like, big fish. I, I, you know, it's probably the only way I to really pass. handle it, okay. boat side. I mean. For the fish's sake. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not the grip and grin. While the bruiser bull reds of the Chesapeake love the deeper water, where bait is abundant. Their cousins, a little to the south, have adapted to life in the coastal floodplain, hunting food in areas that are usually dry land. So, uh, tidal environment, um, a, a bigger tide than uh, probably most people experience, a, a much larger tide swing. Targeting the Super fish true. at the right time of the tide is uh, oh, yeah. really important. Low country, a lot of water movement. <laughs> I'm going to go that way a little bit, Graham, and then kind of come back down this little edge. The flood tide stuff is, is unique to this part of our coastline and where you get this uh, flooded grass uh, type of fishing. The secret is the flood tide is fun, but one thing that low tide is way to more be a fun. Staple as you kind of learn and you progress and you start to do more and more things, it's still like kind of the number one phone call. It's kind of the number one thing to do, um, but it is like uh, there's no uh, better way to catch them. Kind of these single shots in the grass. It's pretty awesome.
as we continued our journey south, we Ooh. made a pit stop on Florida's space oh, coast. Oh, Ponce Inlet. Where th- Wrong location. Ponce Inlet is not the space coast. Correct. It is the... So is Brevard the only portion of... Okay, so yes. Because I, refi- I ref- would be... I do refer to this area as the space coast as well. So it's Brevard's... Because that's where where it all happens. But yes, it is, I would say, everything north of here, or north of Brevard, is Space Coast. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. I think think we got Space Coast when we got Countdown County. So, like, Brevard purchased the 321 area code from, like, Illinois or something. Okay. So we had it 321, like, the rocket. And then that's when it became Countdown County, and it's been the Space Coast since the Space Center. I'll have to fact check what they define the Space Coast as, but I've always thought of it as much more closer to Canaveral. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. I mean... Because you got the Palm Coast, Treasure Coast, Sunshine Coast. Like, each county has... What they call it. Volusia is. Coastal communities. Well, here in Southern Volusia, I mean, you know... We could step out on the dock here and, and look down to the to the launch pad. Yep. So like I don't feel like I'm being a poser if I say I'm on the space coast. No. Because no. I can see the launch pad yeah. from here. Good point. I like it. So like and to your point, you're closer <laughs> to the launch pad than my house. Uh-huh. But my pet house is so this defines it as Cocoa Beach, Melbourne, the beaches, Palm Bay, Port Canaveral, Titusville, and Vieira. Okay. Vieira. Never been a more red redfish game uh. is less about finesse and more focused on bigger fish holding and deeper water. Stop. Full stop. Coming in. <laughs> it's less about finesse and it's more about bigger fish holding in deeper water. Yeah, when you're throwing bait and um, fly fishing. Mosquito Lagoon, mm-hmm. which is most closely associated with, I mean, that's that's the very north end of Mosquito Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Mosquito Lagoon starts is basically at Ponce Inlet. Um, the Indian River slash the northern mm-hmm. section of which is called Mosquito Lagoon. Um is actually known for um, being a very shallow water estuary um, with some of the most... Can confirm. (laughs) Most picky Mm -hmm. um, redfish on the planet. So it's not a finesse game. Uh, It's a deep water fishery. Okay. Yeah. All right, Costa. Got it. Big lead eyes. Inlets for a number of reasons, uh, not only for food and, and shelter, uh, they also spawn here. It's mm-hmm. an important location for redfish anywhere in the United States, really, as any kind okay, of stop. opening inlet path. So, there's nothing unique about redfish spawning uh, around ocean inlets. No. Uh, it happens from, you know, up in the Chesapeake, which is why they're all schooled up that time of year off uh inlets um 
through like Harker's all the way down through the uh, uh, Oak Court uh, Inlet in North Carolina, through the Carolinas, through Georgia, um, stacked up there in the river mouths, um, North Florida, uh, there St. John's, so to to our inlet, and uh, what makes this area unique is we have an inshore population of breeders. Okay, where, where in shallow that, water. Where's that line? Because I know redfish in the South Lagoon, Middle Lagoon, aren't swimming all the way up to Ponce Inlet and out. I mean, just to get their freak on. Yeah, there's is there like a, a uh, definitive line. I don't think there's a definitive line. I mean, you you get some that travel up, some that hang out their mm-hmm. whole life, you know. But to gaslight this area as being, you know, a deep water fishery, and to talk about how they congregate at the inlet to breed. It's not unique. It's, you know, what makes this place unique is the fact that we have a microtidal system to the south of the inlet where the fish don't have a necessary, the salinity of the lagoon is such that they don't have to leave the estuary in order to get the proper salinity to breed. So are all these fish that are being talked about in this segment in that area of the inlet breeding. I mean, they're resident fish and at the right time of the year, um, they are breeding at the right times, but there's also a lot of fish that live like say from Edgewater Mm -hmm. up through, um, to the inlet that are just larger fish that just live here all the time. Okay. So we're treading the red. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll often see pictures of redfish can't eat people that fish the inlet exclusively. You know the bay boat uh, brigade that uh, will have photos of their clients holding mm-hmm. big adult redfish, and you're like, "What in the heck, man?" What's that all over that person? And it's it's oh. smelt from mm-hmm. you know okay. sexually mature redfish that are uh, you know evacuating their <laughs> sexual organs. <laughs> super happy, super uh, super stressed, and uh, you know giving away the good stuff because so they've been tugged on. Redfish. It's if. quite possible. It's quite possible. <laughs> we weren't the top or the bottom but a lot of times when they're when they're lower in the water column they're focused on on benthic food sources whether it's crabs or small fish that live on the bottom authentic or ventic bentic 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 um uh randomly dropped um latin i'm guessing scientific word uh in an effort to sound smarter than you and i okay by targeting on the bottom it really puts it in the zone where the redfish feed and makes it easier for them to find it. They don't really like to travel in the water column most of the time to look for food, so you want to get it down to where they are. A big redfish, keep in mind, is decades old, uh, 
40 inch fish is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 plus years old. Fish should be respected with a, a higher level of, of respect than they currently are. They're a great fish, they're very valuable to our fisheries around the state, and a lot of their critical habitat, especially seagrass areas here in East Central Florida, have, have demised recently, and it's, it's important for us to really help preserve the redfish we have left. Stop running on the treadmill every single day if you're trying to lose weight, or I'm gonna jump in this pool. Okay. The best way well, to well, this guy's talking. Oh, no, we can skip it. So, so if he we're talked about the seagrass loss in this area, in this area, which and then is the, the redfish inlet. should be no, no, no. The seagrass area is the shallow water area. But he's not talking about that. No, no, because right. okay. the, these are deep water fish. You know right. where the you know it's less of a less finesse, uh, and the, uh, clearly it's about bait and. The redfish don't move around a lot because they are sitting on the bottom, reserving, preserving energy. It's like the oh. trout that hides behind a rock, you know. You've got to put the stink bait yep. in their face because they're not going to work super hard right. for right. the food. They're waiting for the food to get, you come know, to them. come to them um, versus the large breeder redfish mm-hmm. that are in the less tidal area, not at the inlet, that do actually still behave like a, you know, smaller redfish that are actually hunting and tailing and searching out food rather than waiting for food to come to them. So, you know, within 10 miles south of where this is filmed, um, you know, it's... A very critical situation with the loss of seagrass. Right. According to FWC, a hundred percent seagrass loss. Um, you know, and I know that people are going to say, "Oh, but I saw seagrass this this spring and this summer." Yes, um, when they do the next um, seagrass sample, they'll find a little bit of seagrass coming back. But basically, where I would guess. Um, we're at like 90% loss at this point. We might've got 10% of it back this summer, maybe. Um, but it's so much so that, uh, you know, fish behaviors have changed. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, a lot of those big resident redfish are now living up at the inlet out of necessity. And know where the food is. Yeah, and and you can say, hey, I stopped fishing in the lagoon because, you know, it's just not fair to the fishery. You know, I don't want to take clients there. It's, you know, it's my way of giving them a break. It's also was necessitated because all of the, not all, but most of the large breeder redfish over the last decade, they gave up on the lagoon too Mm -hmm. and went somewhere where they could, sustain themselves easily humans do that too and we don't you know who knows are they going to come back don't know we'll have to wait and see as the recovery happens after a short stint playing the deep water game we shot to the bottom of the state deep water game my ass which offers some of the most prolific backcountry fishing on the planet here, the redfish cruise the shallow seagrass flats and mangrove shorelines, offering us amazing sight fishing for these shallow... Now, wasn't 
Florida Bay in peril, imperiled, and like they had lost like all of their seagrass, everything, like and like it's the whole reason for send the water south. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't five years ago that it was like you know sound the alarm, all the seagrass is gone. It's it was like what eighteen nineteen, and yeah, <laughs> and now it's. The pristine, pristine. See, it's like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a recovery. Oh, they weren't ready for that. Water specialist. <laughs> Redfish is a crucial game species in the state of Florida. I mean, it is one of the most resilient. They stay on the flats throughout our water issues. Um, they're the last ones to leave the flat. So from a guide's perspective, they are one of the most crucial species for that regard. They're, I mean, they're, they're as reliable as it comes. Besides the catfish. <laughs> game species. Game <laughs> oh, species. Um, they're so reliable that they've been overfished to the point around here that they have to be protected by catch and release only. The redfishing in Florida Bay special. It's one of the last places in the country where the redfish are really silly dumb. They eat big flies. Silly dumb. One of the last places in the country. Is he confusing where he is with Louisiana? Louisiana. I mean, Louisiana, I'll, I'll take silly dumb. But I've fished down snake bite and, you know, out of Flamingo. I wouldn't call those fish silly dumb down there. Yeah, but if you ran your conservation show up here looking for fish and couldn't find them, they probably do seem pretty silly dumb down there. Good point. They eat small flies, and I always tell my clients all the time, you know, it's not about matching the hatch here, it's about getting their attention. And, um, no, that, that's usually, actually the only thing I'll agree with so right. far. <laughs> the red fishing has changed as a result of the change in habitat. Uh, as we lose grass, they move. And as, mm-hmm. as silt yeah. moves in in places and, and, and doesn't dissipate with, with wind changes, they, the fish move. And so um, the, the fishing is only changed by location, not by st- strategy or targeting. or. or... So... What is said conservation group doing? That's targeting, location. Yeah, I I mean, that was kind of convoluted there. I think that the water quality has a lot to do with where the redfish are located. Like They used to be all over the place. Now the water quality, are you saying the water quality is, you only find them where there's good water quality? Right. So is the redfish the... Most, um, you know, is the guide's friend or is clean water the guide's friend? It's a mixed message here, and um, it, it's it's kind of confusing. It, it, continue, we'll see. <laughs> you know, anything to do with how you fish them, just where you go. It's just about where you go. Just where you go. While guides and anglers will argue about the best sight fishery for reds, the folks of Louisiana are pretty confident that their fall fishery is unlike any other for targeting big bull reds in shallow water. 
I would agree with that. Yeah. Hi, my name is Brian Ratliff. I like long walks on the beach. I'm kind of a romantic. Um, I like to finesse redfish. I like to caress their backs and lightly rub their vert, their vert, uh, their lateral line. Anyways, hello everyone. My name is Ron Ratliff. I'm from Louisiana. Redfish are my guiding career. Redfish is. They're always there. They're small, they're big, they tail, they plow flies. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. They're fun fish. Red fishing is fun. It's kind of like watching water boil. On every vacation at a verbal home, there's someone like you who reunited the family to make up for lost time. A fish much larger than anywhere in the world and much shallower than anywhere else in the world. Mm, Larry, you've, you've been around the world more than us fishing. I'd say it's, well, not right now anyway, but it, it gets pretty, pretty skinny in here. Yeah, I mean, and... I get what fished. I get what he's saying. You know, do they have large fish in Louisiana? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they're known for, right? Um, but to say, you know, more than anywhere else in the world, and there seems to be larger numbers of big fish consistently mm-hmm. uh, along the Louisiana coast, um, and, and there's reasons for that, and it has mainly to do with the abundance of uh, food supply because of uh, it starts really with uh, you know because you've got the mixing Mm -hmm. of the fresh water coming out of the Mississippi um, and you know it starts on the like plankton level and then you got the menhaden that are you know able to eat down there and the mullet and then you know it just goes up from there so um, but you know if you Look, you know, Blaine Chocolate's portion of this, you know, they were chasing big redfish in Virginia. Um, You've got people chasing big redfish here uh, at the inlet at the north end of Mosquito Lagoon. I mean, big redfish aren't in and of itself a Louisiana thing. It's just, um, you know, a thing in Louisiana that they have quite a few more, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also... I would say uniformly because it's getting flushed out continuously by the river. Probably a little bit better water quality. Um, And and it's, it's filled with uh, forage species. So it's the ideal place for breeding redfish to congregate, to eat, breed, etc. Shallow. Let's let's define shallow. (laughs) Um, that's not really shallow. I mean, if you're saying five feet and less is shallow, okay, you got a lot more shallow water. I mean, our estuary is pretty small, you know, 20-some, mm-hmm. 30 miles long by yeah. five, six miles wide. Um, but 
I don't know. I mean, I, I don't take too much exception with what Ron has to say. Uh, he's highlighting the area, but uh, it's not the only place in the world where you can catch big red fish on fly. No, take the fly. And whenever you hook it, it's on. I mean, sometimes you break equipment, sometimes you break leaders, sometimes you break hooks. But when it all comes together and you land that fish and it grows in your hand or grows in a net and that fish is twice as big as what you thought it was going to be, that's when people, they love it. <laughs> but the ones that get you to come back are the ones that you don't catch. No, I agree with that. That, is that I agree with. That away. That's the ones that... Ron speaking the truth there. That's the ones that... It's the ones that get away that um, keep you coming back. Leave it to the crazy the Cajun to <laughs> we knew we had talk to a little truth. One final stop oh, to see what it takes to catch redfish in the shallow estuaries of the Lone Star State. I first started walking around with a fly rod on the flats near Port Aransas, uh, just off the causeway in 1991. I was following groups of mullet doing all the wrong things. And finally, like a ray of sun burst through the clouds and shone itself on a school pot of maybe six redfish. I put the fly in the middle of them, one eight, and it was a life-changing experience for me. As a Texan, as a native son, I developed a huge pride and, and uh, dedication for what we have. You know, Texas, if yeah. you go way back, Walking was called the tarpon off. capital of the world at one point. We don't have the same flow. Industries created a little bit of pollution, so we've lost that tarpon. What we still have is an abundance of redfish in shallow water. Um, and that's what I'm fighting to hold on to, fighting uh, for conservation movement, to protect those redfish, to keep what I experience on a daily basis, to keep that viable and productive for my kids. We have a super shallow water fishery, and a lot of my buddies in Florida say, oh, we've got shallow water too, and, and they do. There's flats all over the world, right? Texas has five inches Why does water, everybody always, you know, compare themselves to Florida? <laughs> I mean, because we're... And the, then take a shot at Florida. I would say because we're the two OGs of skinny water, skinny water culture. Yeah, it's where it started. It's where it started. I mean... And, you know... Here's here's the interesting thing. The Laguna Madre is probably the closest um, in hydrology and topography to Mosquito Lagoon. Uh, it's also a microtidal closed system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he makes a reference that you know industry has changed water flows and all that. Maybe up towards his end of the north end of the uh, Laguna Madre, but like the lower Laguna Madre where I've fished, um, you know, it, it's really a closed microtidal system like Mosquito Lagoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why they're not calling this a deep water fishery and they're not, you know, soaking mullet heads at an inlet. But, uh, you know, they had the same problem with the brown algae tide. They did. Um, you know, a few years prior to us and and it it rebounded which we're seeing our rebound in about year 12 mm-hmm. uh beyond the the crash 
and it took them about 10 years to rebound. So we're just a little bit further behind um, on the recovery. So I always look at Texas and, in my mind, think, man, there's hope because nature heals. Um, So maybe we're just a little bit slower recovery than the example that we know about, which is the lower Laguna Madre that had the cold weather snap followed by the brown algal algal bloom. So, um, so far, what he had to say about the lower Laguna Madre, other than doing the dick measuring contest with Florida, (laughs) I'm, I'm okay with. All right. You might have to go over sand flats that are covered with three, four inches of water for miles to get to deeper pools in the backcountry. Oh, deeper the, water. the uniqueness of how much shallow, clear water we have sets us apart from any. Well, they actually have a lot of flats that, that are like miles and miles of like dead area that has no grass. It's just solid sand that you don't find a lot of fish that over fish top of. Fisherman's friend. So you will super sen- run areas four to six inches of water and just until keep- you get into the you know, the six to 12 inches of water where fish are. Okay. So that's like, that's why you hear a lot of tunnel boats down there. And then like, you've seen those weird scooter boats. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all because they, there's miles and miles of what, like oh, wow. you, if with an outboard of normal rigging, you wouldn't be able to get up and get on plane. Um, so it's just miles and miles of super, super oh. skinny water. They're easy to spook, so literally if you were to drop a penny in the boat, it's over. But if you can get close enough to them to present the fly, they almost always eat it. It's more surprising when they don't. So you have to, almost like a bow hunter, stalk that fish down, get close enough to see which direction yeah, they're facing. Yeah, he's describing Mosquito Lagoon. Feet away from it, not twitch fishing an inlet and calling it, you know, Central Florida fishing. I almost so think after all that of the our whole, travels, you know, so we've certainly out of out of this entire, you know, video, only one area do you see deviate. So it, it was built to be a fly fishing film. Yeah, and then they had to deviate because the fly fishing was so hard in Mosquito <laughs> Lagoon that they ended up in an inlet throwing bait in order to get the big fish that they wanted to profile. So they had to switch to a conventional tackle and talk about the deep water inlet when really, if they had had a couple of good days fishing and got the footage, it would have been a story just like Ron Ratliff's talking about big fish Mm -hmm. in shallow water. It would have been a mixture of JT and Ron in the context of Mosquito Lagoon, where yeah. spook, super spooky fish, you can also get big fish that live here their entire life, but instead, they gaslight Mosquito Lagoon by just showing the inlet, and it was an accurate portrayal of the inlet, which is oh, just absolutely it was. fucking yeah. mouth-breathing knuckle dragon, yeah. bait-slinging, but, and, you know, th- that's... I would... What's most disappointing is Costa does it, and they're from here, and they know the water quality issues that we're having, and they fucking they're out with somebody that that is supposedly a champion of the lagoon Mm -hmm. that talks about it that that even has yeah an award winning conservationist that 
has started their own alliance had a perfect opportunity to highlight the problems that are going on. But it was just... But instead, they did Come Fish With Me in the Inlet commercial. Yeah. Which is pretty sad. So... Again, backyards being ignored. That's right. Gain insight and appreciation for the redfish. Not only is the scope of their home range enormous... But the diversity of fishing methods and anglers who target them is perhaps unmatched in the salt. Visual, powerful, and widely available. What more could you ask of America's most beloved inshore game fish? So, the range of the redfish... Maryland. Yep. Southern Maryland. Yeah. Up around. All the way down, down to Texas. Mm-hmm. Through Texas. And everywhere in between. So, truly a southern saltwater yeah. Oh, yeah. game fish. Um, and, you know, to- completely a beloved um, species, no doubt. Um, you know, like we were voiceovering, you know. Puppy drum, mm-hmm. channel bass, yeah, yep. you, know, Red you know, there's all all manner of references to the, you know, the redfish, you know, just plain old drum, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I tell you, the uh, liberties that are taken with some of these puff pieces, just you know, it's kind of disappointing, especially when you know that you know the marketing that uh is done that a lot of the people on the marketing team are based right here um and they go out and they see the struggles and uh, they experience them firsthand yet when they have the opportunity to include it in a film that would otherwise highlight worldwide what's going on they they take a pass on it it's mind mind-boggling Multiple companies, not just them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it seems to be uh, very, very common in the sunglass um, industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do we want to? Uh, I think that let's let's uh, table the uh, rod yeah. selection YouTube because I, I really yeah, I really one. yeah that's a good one. I want <laughs> Jameson here for that one. Um, I'm going to follow up. Um, we're getting close to uh, the thingy before the dingy. Uh, Jimmy is in town uh, before the thingy before the dingy. I yeah. had the opportunity to. Uh, get out on the water with him um he ran the new razorfish karma um for a little sunset cruise action and uh he took uh his the lady friend Mm -hmm. and uh we cruised around here in oak hill for a little bit enjoyed uh the evening on the water um and then the next day we well actually when we got back um Jimmy got to experience uh, Goodrich for the first time. For as many times as he has visited, never I did Goodrich. not realize he'd never been to B- JB's or Goodrich. So, wow. So we went to Goodrich. Um, 
<laughs> really enjoyed it. For um, breakfast? No, we went for, for after the okay. evening boat ride. So uh, had dinner at Goodrich outside on the out, out on the dock. And uh, the following morning, we uh, fished the lagoon. Uh, before we went out on the uh, lagoon, I needed to grab a few things at the meth lab and, mm-hmm. and fuel up the skiff with... Uh, you know, some premium petrol, some Sunoco, <laughs> uh, meth lab fuel, skiff fuel. And, uh, the, uh, erection specialist was working the counter and it was pretty fun. You know, her having, you know, had the raccoon on her shoulder. Uh, you know, those old stories about her there at the meth lab, and then it wasn't long ago that I remember, I, I mean, I think within the past few weeks, I told you guys I saw her with uh, squirrels, squirrels, flying squirrels <laughs> that she was nursing that had been blown out of the nest. So as I walked up without giving Jimmy any insight, you know, into what I was about to do, I just said, hey, uh, you got any squirrels in your pocket? And she was like, nope, but I got a raccoon at the house. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, you got a raccoon again? She's no. like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you got to bring it to work. She's like, oh, I wish I could. I can't though. So unfortunately, <laughs> she can burn no, the squirrels though. <laughs> yeah, she she's uh, back in raccoon business. I think they're on tour. Yeah, in Florida, you have to have a a permit. Oh, even, even though you can purchase them through various outlets. Because I looked into it, it'd be a pretty freaking rad skiff animal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's a place up in the Panhandle that sells them, but you have to have like a class three type permit because it's still a wild animal. Wild animal, yeah. So, well, so Jimmy and I got fuel. We went out. Um, we beat the bushes for redfish. We saw quite a few redfish. We just didn't close the deal on any redfish. Um, but uh, we ended up at JB's for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy had a rum runner. Kind of, I think, uh, got a little relaxation Been there, going no, there. I, we've seen Ben on Rum Runner. So and, yeah. uh, it's a good time. <laughs> we we decided to fish just a little bit after leaving for lunch. Mm-hmm. And since we were up towards JB's, you know, a little bit different fishery, a little bit more tidal. We had a little bit of an outgoing tide. Water's still high, but I felt confident I could find, you know, some oyster bars that we might see some redfish around. And uh, we had just seen a redfish come out from underneath uh, some overhanging mangroves. But, you know, really didn't have a shot. He was already moving after the of the skiff. And as Jimmy was firing off a Hail Mary, <laughs> um, I see this giant head wake from like a hundred yards away. Uh, it looked like a fucking torpedo coming towards <laughs> us. And I'm like, Jimmy, 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 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And he like looks and he's like, what? I said, just fucking launch it, get it out in front of him here. When he gets to it, twitch it. Well, he makes a beautiful cast. When the fish gets to it, strip, strip, strip. Fish does not even react to it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, then the fish comes like, still straight at the boat like you know like this is like a torpedo attack it's still coming (laughs) and as it gets closer i realize it's a fucking black drum and it ain't a little black drum it's a big fucking black drum yeah and i'm like holy fuck that's a black drum and it goes literally 
across the bow of the boat, fucking slows down, stops at the edge of the mangroves, and starts fucking not tail out of the water, but like tail up. Yeah. You know, because the water's deeper. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a fucking black drum. So I spin the boat and get it so that Jimmy's got a conventional shot. And I'm like, okay, black drum do not want a whole lot of movement on their, on your fly. It's okay to hit him right on the fucking head. Like, put it on his fucking head. So Jimmy makes a couple of shots, and the thing was so tied up against the mangroves, we would be, like, hanging up in the mangrove. And I'd be like, fuck, 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 pull it out, pull it out, pull it out, pull it out. He'd pull it out, and I'd be like, you know, okay, he's facing left. He'd make a shot. Jimmy, they don't eat with their ass, you know, put it in front of them, you know. And and we're, like, riding the struggle bus, but we're working, we're working, we're working. Eventually, the fish actually turns and kind of like follows slash chases the fly. Hmm. And Jimmy lifts a little bit and the fucking fish decides it's time to fucking leave. And I'm like, fuck. And then I see it kind of curve and go back up to like, you know, 30 yards down and start. I was like, holy shit. So we push down there and I'm like, all right, dude, what I want you to do is fucking put the fly on its fucking head. I've heard those words before. <laughs> if if you go past it, I can see from back here. Mm-hmm. When I say stop, fucking stop, right? So he makes a cast, and he's going to have the right angle, but he's a little bit past the fish. I'm like, strip, 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 strip stop, stop, stop. And the fish is like, you know, cruising around, head down. I'm like, Jimmy, it wants to... Feel the bait more than see it. It it has shitty eyesight. I said, so when I say strip, I want one tiny little strip and then fucking leave it there. And the fish is like getting about where I think the fly is. I'm like, strip it. Jimmy gives it one little tiny strip. (coughs) And I'll, I'll never forget it. Jimmy's like, I think he ate it. I think he ate it. And I was like, okay, just Pull until it goes tight. If it goes tight, one little strip, just like not even like just almost hold it, raise your rod tip. And I could see he was on. I was like, bounce your rod tip two or three times. He bounces the rod tip, really gets a good set. And it was off to the races. <laughs> and I would say it was like a 10 or 12 minute uh, fight. Really? To get the fish to the boat. Um, That's pretty quick for a drum of that size. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the reason for it was we were basically surrounded by oyster bars. And I was like, Jimmy, fucking rod tip up. If it ain't taking drag, you're cranking. Yeah. I was like, you know, and a couple of times, like, the fish was, like, kind of like they were at a stalemate. And Jimmy, but, you know. Jimmy would stop, and it would take off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn it, Jimmy. I said, fucking <laughs> keep fucking, like, whip its ass. You know, we're going to lose it in an oyster bed. You know, this is a big fish. You want this fish. Like, dude, if you're not fucking cranking, you're giving him a break. Uh-huh. Like, keep the pressure high, you know. You got plenty of tippet. You're good to go there. Just fucking don't get it. Don't let it get to the oyster bars because then it's game over. Yep. And uh, so he 
started fighting it a little bit more like I wanted him to fight it, you know, like continuous. Mm-hmm. And and finally, um, I backed the boat up. Um, we actually got the anchor out and anchored the boat. Um, oh, wow. So, so that I could get out and help um, get it to the side of the boat. <laughs> you know, once he, he got it close, I was able to leader it and bring it up to the boat. So I popped the fly out of its mouth, and I'm holding on to the fucking giant lip. And this, ma- and I went to go like pick it up, and I was like, oh, "Grandpa can't get it in the boat." So I was like, "Jimmy, come down here." I was like, "I'm gonna take my hand off the tail. You grab the tail." He gets a hold of the tail. I was like, "Now, you got it? Yep. All right. Now, hand in the mouth. You're just gonna pick it up, do a quarter turn, and sit down on the bulkhead. And when he picked it up." He was like, holy... And I was like, yeah, it's yeah. big, brother. And he sat down, put it on his lap. And he could... I mean... Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, it was like the most rewarding fucking, mm-hmm. you know, fish. Because we had worked hard for it. Right. It was a sporty little fight. And, it's you know, that was... the biggest black drum I've seen in... In the a river. A couple years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was the first time I'd had... Jimmy out on the boat. Um, Yeah. Yeah. For all the times that he's been in, like, it was like either like we would get up the next morning and it would be like, you know, super shitty weather Mm, or something like that. So, uh, we didn't get our first redfish together yet, but I'll take that black drum and that, that experience any day. Yeah. So it's definitely a memorable. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) For sure. Bigger than any black drum I've caught in the lagoon. With those nasty little barbules. And, it's a gross fish. They are When they gross, get big so. like that, they're definitely fucking gross. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Three firsts. Uh, Jimmy's first black drum. Yeah. He made it a big one. Uh, and then he got his first uh, JBs and his first yeah. uh, Goodrich. So, I'm going to I'm gonna chalk that up to a, a really good visit. Yeah. So... Uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here because I'm seeing thingy before the dingy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the karma got revealed it at did. the thingy before the dingy. I think a lot of people were impressed with the uh, finish quality um, yeah. that Tim puts on that boat compared to what they had seen previously when it was uh, manufactured by Boss Man. Yeah. Um, I know... Uh, Wilds actually commented that you know it had like that production boat finish, like yeah, you know, really high quality finish yeah. to it. Um, you know, Tim's kind of uh, the mad scientist when it comes to uh, boats, and uh, he had the uh, deck <laughs> platform, um, you know, integrated lift kit. Yeah, in, integrated uh, casting platform as part of the deck that uh, a lot of people thought was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, it's just an option. Um, and it's still, you know, it's still in development, but I thought it was pretty fucking, pretty neat uh, yeah. thing that he was doing. I he, felt very comfortable on it when Andrew was pulling around. Yeah. Uh, the uh, he's he's building one right now. It's going to be a black hull white okay. cap for somebody. Ooh. It's going to be a side console, Ooh, which nice. will be sexy little yeah. sexy little number. Um, I think he's priced out that skiff for three or four people now. 
uh, awesome. in the week since the uh, nice. derby, which uh, that's pretty good. Hopefully, some people will start pulling I like the trigger. The two-tone. Yeah, I thought He's, the two-tone yeah. looked really good. Tim's always done, like, his demo boats have always been two-tone like that. And, that's God, it's so sexy. Gray yeah. and yeah. white. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the thing before the dinghy, uh, the old city fly shop yep. did their pop-up shop. Yep. Uh, it, it certainly was welcome. Um, in the absence of having a local fly shop, it yeah. was nice having... Uh, Made the trip a down. temporary one. Have them temporarily here. I know uh, on Derby Day, I saw more Old City uh, hats and yeah. shirts yeah. than uh, anything else out there. Um, underutilized, but we sure had fun with it. Uh, the photo booth, the Double Hollis. Yeah. Um, I just think that's because people didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little sign or something. Yeah, I think next year we'll have to do a little bit better on that. More of those. And I think uh, one of the other things that we could do that would dress it up a little bit is Mm -hmm. just take a sheet of plywood and cut like little cartoonish waves that would would hide the the straps and the... Yeah. And then that would, you know... That's a bitching idea. And just paint those like little white caps or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's all you would, man. But uh, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm already working on improvements. <laughs> but I think now that everybody saw the goofy bullshit that we did in it, that they'll realize yeah, it's what it's supposed to, to and be. I want, yeah, I want to tweak a couple things there, and I want more props. Right, and I I like, want to encourage people slap a sticker on that bad boy. Yeah, like, show that you've been there. Yep. Photo props, not like Gordon's fisherman's hat. Yes, and not Captain's actual hat. props. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like not, people get confused, you. Ben. You gotta, you gotta be Fair. careful. Like, um, like a box full of photo, photo props. Props. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, for those of you all that are wondering, um, the double Hollis um, name on the back of the the skiff is uh, homage mm-hmm. to uh, Blake Hollis, yeah. who. Uh, Generously donated material so that we could, uh, when I say we, Ben, ben. could, uh, <laughs> you know, get those seats glassed in there with yeah. the core and everything uh, to make it a proper photo booth prop. Yeah. Um, we we appreciate the help there, yeah. Blake. Thank you very much. Uh, couldn't have done that without you. And uh, <laughs> what else? I think uh, one of the big hits uh, of the tailgate was uh, the Drake X. I think a lot of people were very enamored by uh, Wilds' mad scientist Earth Roamer. And it's just big. It's a beast. It's so awesome. (laughs) Big. Uh, The award for holy fucking shit uh, goes to... uh, Chip and Sky yep. for showing up. So that was fucking awesome. I kind of saw the van coming through the parking lot, and I thought it would. It was Crystal. Oh, okay. in the Gomez. And uh-huh. I was like, all right, cool. You know, and I'm like, well, no, that's a little smaller. That's. <gasps> yeah, uh, we kinda, were we, we were walking, walking around, around. Uh, thanking the vendors for coming out, and we were just about to the very end booth there, um, and. Like, they could tell we were, like, walking towards them to say something at about the same time that we saw that it was Chip and Sky. And we were, like, oh. went from, 
<laughs> to ah, oh my god, what are you doing here? Yeah. I think I, I think I greeted Django first. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Chip and Sky are all the way up in Maine already. Yeah, like, like the, the, there ain't no moss growing on those two rolls. No, so they didn't do the the manatee thing because I think Chip has to research or well, he's something. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. No, I know part of it is all their fly rods are in Maine. Oh. But they, I think they came down first to Florida to check on the house, get some hurricane stuff done from Ian, because they didn't, didn't have the luxury we did of being here. Right. Right. And then shot back up to Maine. They're getting their fly rods. I think they're coming back. Yeah, I think so, too. But you know, I think they're obviously they usually stay up there a couple weeks. But I also, talking with them... They're actually looking at moving back full time to Alaska. Uh, don't do that to me. I mean, it's yep. it's always in the back of my mind. It's having having lived there. It's unique. Like, I love Florida. Born here, and I I don't think I'll ever move away. I threatened Susan with like. Going off the grid. Right. Like, oh, well, you can't take the Drake up there. Sure I can. There's plenty of lakes. You know, I can pull the river. Probably could. But, and just be gone. I think Disappear. I did that over the summer. You did. Oh, you you were gone, bro. <laughs> Never, mind. Never mind. All right. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's something special. It holds on to you. Um, film tour. Um, not as uh, attended as we had hoped it no. would be, but at the same time, you know it, that would have made for a long day for a lot of folks. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, I I enjoyed the films. There were a few of them I was like, mm, yeah, uh, but there wasn't a big uh, kind of like with the was it. FT3. It wasn't as high energy, the film. No, right. And it wasn't, you know, opening wasn't, you know, Sims, Costa, uh, Tibor. Right. It was just like, all right, here's the title. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that format better than, hey, we got, you know, money and supplies from these people. Right. And I'm sure they got a little bit somewhere. Sure. Fly lines or something, but... I enjoyed it. I can't remember any, but that's no surprise. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be appropriate to thank all the sponsors while we can't sit here and read off an entire list. Yeah. Everybody, you know, from fly rod manufacturers, mm-hmm. real manufacturers, mm-hmm. coolers, you know, you name it. Um, all the guides, guides and the outfitters and just normal people oh, that yeah. donated, you know, trips. Um, I think this has been one of the most exciting years for the raffle as far as what was given away. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to all of you all. And, of course, thanks to everybody that came out. Yeah. Um, we couldn't do this fundraiser without you. Um, we're, you know... Uh, not at the level that we did last year, but of course we're all living in a new kind of time with a new economy. We're still uh, probably just a little bit in excess of $10,000 that was raised. Uh, Marine Discovery Center is excited about that amount of money just as well. (laughs) 
Um, so, uh, again, thank you to everybody that came yeah. out. We're going to do it again next year. A lot um, of families. Yeah, like a lot of families. Which is awesome. Which yep. was super awesome. Yeah. Um, we're going to make this commitment to you guys that uh, we will have a date picked and announced sometime before the end of January. And it'll probably be kind of the same time frame that we just did this one. That way, um, we're going to make a few changes, shorten things up, combine some things so that, um, you know, it's a more concise evening of fun. Um, but yeah, we'll have a date out and um, you'll be able to circle it on your calendar, make sure that your childbearing uh, plans <laughs> are subject to change, are su- storms. Yeah, storms <laughs> subject to change, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the actual dinghy derby. Uh, I would say this year's dinghy derby for me was the most fun that mm-hmm. I've had at a dinghy derby because I got to hang out more uh, with folks. Um, yeah. You know, you guys handled doing the chip thing yeah. this year, which gave me a break. Right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it was a good, it, <laughs> it was a really, it was a really good crowd. It yeah, was, it was like awesome. a fun crowd. Yeah. Um, there was a point, I think it was stop two to stop three. Uh, three sisters? No, not three sisters. Three sisters was government. Stop. Government cut. Yeah. yeah, that was three. I was behind you. Like, I kind of took off with you because I wanted to make sure I was going in the right spot. And I'm like, hmm, going in some some skinny stuff. Is he stopping to do, like, year two where, or year one where everybody followed him and, you know, proceeded to get stuck and turned around. And, and I looked behind me. And it was, oh. <laughs> What's bigger than a flotilla? Like, An armada. There you go. And, dude, every year you turn around that one time and you're like, holy yeah. shit. And I knew kind of when we made that turn, I, I can't give you exact locations, but it was, you know, an elbow. And I'm like, I kind of felt that prop dig in a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, throttle up. And I'm like, ooh, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> gonna make it <laughs> i'm like i'm not stopping nope <laughs> he made it but yeah lots of what's the word common faces yeah a lot of yeah a lot ones. of familiar faces familiar yep um and a lot uh of new ones we had uh our first time in four years that we had some extracurricular um Consumption? Mm, no, extracurricular stunt boating. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't, I don't know who that was. I don't either. Never seen that skiff before. I don't. Um, I don't even know if he was registered. Wasn't even surprised that it happened. Like he showed up registered, registered. Oh yeah. Okay. Lost three poker chips. So. At in that point of the day, we were in government cut, and there, you know, boats coming, going, making big wakes, and God, you know, looking back east, I just saw that thing get air, and I was like, "This is gonna be bad." It was. I don't know where he came from. It was just like hey. I didn't see him till stop two. 
and I know he was at stop one, but I never saw him till stop two. And okay. I was like, who's... I saw him leaving stop two. <laughs> yeah. And it was like... Yeah. It was like seeing the clown car. Like, it was yes. like watching a jet ski, but a skiff. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy is like being a little bit crazy. A little loosey-goosey. A little yeah. loosey-goosey. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, maybe it's just because it's a little 10, 12 foot skiff with a 25 on the back. Right. That it's going to point the nose north like the fucking space shuttle when he takes off. I yeah. Mean, but uh, I'm glad all's well that yes. ended well. Correct. Um, speaking of all well that ends well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, fuck. I wish Jameson hadn't left. We'll have to wait and let him tell his uh, JBs oh. after the dinghy <laughs> yes. derby story. Um, yes. We'll save that one. Let's oh, make a yeah. note to remember let him tell that story. Yowza. Yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> the, thought, the thing that I thought was the weirdest, neatest coincidence was, you know, we actually had people registering for the dinghy derby all the way through the evening of the thingy before the dinghy. Really? Yeah, because okay. they came to the thingy before we the had- dinghy, and they were like, overnight, like, holy shit, I still want to go. Still- yeah. We the- had one on the way to the boat ramp. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, all the way up until the fucking start time, yeah. people were late entering. The final entrant into the oh. poker run actually was the one that won the poker run. Right. So... Let's not make a habit of it, though. Right. Let's, yeah. yeah. Make it easy on me <laughs> and Larry. Get us your shit early. And Shannon. So and we can Shannon. make our list and so it's Shannon. accurate. And that's that's the big thank you that I want to yes. make. Mm-hmm. Um, behind the scenes, my wife is an absolute angel. Without her leadership, mm-hmm. truly, None and of this a lot of fucking work behind the scenes. That's why we call her mama. This would not even come close to happening. Yep. Um, mama Shannon. So, thanks, Thank you. babe. You've uh, you've made four years of this possible. And, uh, and pretty easy. And pretty easy on us. Um, so, uh, that's the end of the notes. Uh, other than Hurricane Nicole came through, and uh, bitch. what a whore. Yeah. Um, so, anybody got anything to add last minute? I had thought of a derby note, and then it fucking went away. No. I mean, the only thing I got is, you know, prayers and thoughts for the, uh, the Dallas guys. Oh, that, was, that was horrible. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty rough stuff there. Um you know, I've I've heard a little bit of uh thoughts behind how that may have happened. Mm-hmm. Um so for those of you uh we're we're referring to the uh the midair collision at the uh World War Two um air show uh in Dallas, Texas, uh the commemorative Air Force uh squadron there did World War II over Dallas or whatever yeah. the name of the show was. But uh, an air show typically has an air boss, um, meaning a guy that's like mm-hmm. kind of like helps design the show. He's in charge of safety. Um, prior to the show, he does a briefing. He is in complete control of the airspace. 
um, briefs everyone on what the expectations of patterns that they'll fly, altitude, speeds. Um, you know, he, he coordinates everything. And basically, the smaller fighters, um, like the P-51 and the, mm-hmm. um, the King Cobra yep. that uh, was involved in the, in the incident, um, they will have them like on a pattern that's a closer in pattern to the runway. Mm-hmm. So they're fine. Let's say, just call it a smaller oval yep. around the, the show. And then the, the bigger planes that are flying slower potentially are flying like a Above. bigger yeah. pattern and they may be at the same, same altitude, but they're, you know, they're offset horizontally um so what the initial thoughts are and, and this is only speculation is that the king cobra uh what was it it's what is it p63 p64 whatever um that it may have overshot um meaning it kind of went outside of its oval um, and when it was making a left turn with a low wing airplane, you don't have visibility down and below you. So he's turning to the left. That B 17 was outside of him in that oh, wider okay. oval. Gotcha. Yep. So he is blind to the fact that that airplane is even Even-handed. there at right. that point. And exacerbating that is he's flying Albeit a loose formation, he's flying a formation and basically a trail formation position where in that video you see P-51 go by, P-51 go by, and then the um, accident, incident aircraft goes by, and then there's the collision. Well, he is actually looking at the P-51 he is following. He's looking out and mm-hmm. to the left mm-hmm. trying to hold a position in trail of the aircraft in front of him right but maybe his speed was a little high so he carried out a little bit wider and he probably never ever even saw the B17 the B17 folks never saw it coming cuz he hit midship behind the wing and just took the back half of the fuselage and the epinage off so it was just a really fucking shitty accident. Accident. Um, maybe the only way, you know, moving forward would be staggering altitudes Altitude. as well as the, you know, the the distance of the the circuit. So time will tell. The yep. trust me, they they will be very thorough in their investigation. Oh, yeah. But thoughts and prayers yeah. to all the families involved in that. That was yeah. a bad one. Yeah. That was a bad one. Yeah, way so, to kill the mood, Mark. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Dingy <laughs> Derby was awesome. Dingy Derby was awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, shoot. That's uh, another episode of... What are we doing this time? Taylor Trash After Dark? Is it Taylor Trash Fly Fishing? What are we doing? Are we Taylor, Taylor Trash Taylor Fly Trash Fishing. Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. 80, I think it's 86 or 85, 85, 85 is in the notes, 85, <laughs> which is actually 
when you include all of our odd numbers uh, as well as beer widths. I think this is our 101st episode. Holy smokes. That sounds about accurate. So uh, we couldn't do it without you folks mm-hmm. uh, encouraging us to uh, embarrass ourselves on a podcast. <laughs> and um, no matter where you listen to your podcast, if you want to do something to thank us for doing this nonsense, take a moment. You don't have to yeah. listen to our podcast on Apple, iTunes, podcast, whatever they call it. But if you could review mm-hmm. by choosing a star rating, five stars, please. Um, and if you have a couple of minutes, give us a, a, an actual review. Yeah. Try to be as funny as you can. Yeah. Uh, if you got something shitty to say, then, you know, s- skip all of what we just asked you to do. <laughs> uh, go, go to the water cooler instead. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Apple reviews are really what help us uh, get found. And, you know, that's what we're looking to do is expand the community mm-hmm. that we feel like we are trying to build. Yeah. And we think that we're doing pretty we're doing good it. with. And, uh, you know, between our little shit show that we put out here every few weeks, uh, along with the Flyberry Project, mm-hmm. um we hope that we're being a positive influence on the fly fishing world by building that community. And that's it. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, Don't forget to uh, stop by the store, store. online. Uh, the dinghy derby shirts are going to go away here probably 24, 48 hours at the most. Ooh. They're gone forever. And uh, if you want one of those, you better get in there and get it. There's only one four. So, uh, yeah. And shout out to Sarah and Kevin Reynolds on the birth of their... Oh, yeah, for sure. Handsome boy, Burt Reynolds. Um, that's not his name. His name is Robert. Um, congrats, guys. All right. Well, we will uh, try to get back to our normal every other week um, podcast gig here as soon as we can. We got the holidays coming up, so it's going to be a little tough through Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm headed to Tennessee. Tennessee. See you guys when I get back. Um, Don't eat too much turkey. And if you do, just uh, submit to the tryptophan and uh, Mm, get in that that nap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So... uh, Walking around this town Well, I guess they all got that way Always looking down Trying to hide the tears And the pain from all the work Lord knows the work around here Well, it usually tends to hurt Wrapped around your eyes I'm spending all your days
Still the hearing things and the seeing shit get you wishing.